Late Night with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. I'll be riding solo this week, so please do keep me company right through till Friday. I'll be on the usual number, 03444991000. I hesitated then, because I'm not usually the one saying it. 03444991000. We can talk about whatever you fancy. Usual rules apply. I know that it's sounding slightly more feminine uh, than the usual, but um, I ain't apologising for it. Just deal with it. Now, I've got to be honest with you. I've been kind of dreading coming in especially doing the show by myself today because it's been one of those weekends um, where the atmosphere has been really kind of heady. And I'm not dreading coming in because I don't want to be here, but because I really don't know uh, how to, um, what to say after this weekend and how to do the least harm after this weekend where, you know, we have another poor soul who couldn't see her way to another day. That's all we really know about the situation, isn't it? The rest is guesswork. And if you look online, my God, I had to shut it down after a while, but if you look online, the blame is being chucked around. And for sure, from the outside looking in, there are obvious elements to what was going on that you and I would find really difficult if it was to happen to us and maybe impossible to deal with 
if it was happening to us. But the truth is that none of us know really what went on and none of us have got the right to tell Caroline's story with certainty, especially because, you know, inevitably doing that, you'll be catching other people in the crossfire as we go. Now, speaking from my personal experience, I've only been on the very edge of a media whirlwind a couple of times over the last few years. You know, I've been the one keeping the secrets that others were guessing about and trying to winkle out in emails to agents and stuff, you know. And I've also been the friend picking up the phone in the middle of the night on one occasion, and I'm not breaking any confidences here because he's told you about it himself, but running across town to stop my friend jumping off a bridge. I was the one standing guard afterwards to make sure he was safe. And you know what? As a friend, you want to be the person to do that. It's your honour. It's your honour that they've confided in you at that moment when they really couldn't see a way out of something. And I'm really glad I was there. But I'm not going to pretend that that wasn't a living nightmare that whole time. So if it was a living nightmare for me, I can only imagine how it was for the person at the centre of it all. And if you haven't been there, you're really lucky. You've got no idea. So, you know, while there's probably some comfort in pointing the finger and finding a bad guy in all this, because it kind of makes sense of something so sad and so tragic, and you know what? Signing a petition, trying to change the law, if that's what you feel you need to do, that's great. You know, you're a small cog in the wheel of trying to steady a runaway train that has been building up over time and it might make a change in five or six months time and that change might be important but you know what inevitably it probably will not be as sweeping as what you would like but it is something right it is something and it will make you feel better perhaps for five or six days but let's be honest it probably won't scrape the surface of what is a really complicated problem and one as i say that's built up over years so what can we do? I don't want you to feel helpless in this. I don't want any of us to feel helpless. That's kind of the, at the core of it all. Let me bring you back to something I've been falling back on a lot. And, and it's helped me time and time again, right? Other people's behaviour is on them. Your reaction to it is all you've got. So let me ask you, how clean is your side of the street? Did you really need to scream abuse at that footballer this weekend? Weren't you playing on your side? Why did you send that tweet? Do you need to voice your disapproval online to someone who might already have received half a dozen sweary bits of not-so-constructive criticism that day? Why do you think they need to know what you think at that moment? And how would you feel if someone spoke to your partner or your kids or your sister or your brother, someone you cared about like that? Why did they deserve it? And if you aren't using your real name online, I'd be really interested to know why why you wouldn't want to explain your actions to your boss or client is that who you really are that person online because i'd suggest it can't be otherwise you would be standing by it hate can only breed more hate it's totally natural to feel angry and frustrated we've been here before that's the tragic thing we have been here before and anger and frustration is a reaction to feeling out of control. But the good news is you are in control. You are in control. There will always be people you disagree with or disapprove of in life and online. And you're not the ghost of Twitter yet to come. You are not the person who's going to set them straight. And you calling them a cockwomble isn't going to change their ways. <laughs> you're actually making them louder because you give them something to kick against. So here's a radical idea. What about letting someone you know 
or you don't know that you think that they're doing a great job, that they've made you laugh or they've made you think or they've made you pick up a book you haven't thought about for ages or listen to a piece of music that lifted your heart for a moment. Gosh, yeah, she's talking about feelings. Brace yourselves. People that make you feel better about yourself. And wouldn't you like to be that person that makes someone else feel a bit better about themselves rather than worse? It's a small thing, but you know, if enough of us do it, it could make a difference. And I would say we've got nothing to lose by trying, but that's not true, is it? So that's what I'm throwing open to you. Have a little think about your side of the street. I'm going to think about mine. And, you know, imagine that person was someone you knew. 0344 499 1000. You're listening to Talk Radio. Late Night with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Honestly, give you a ring. We can talk about anything you want to. 0344 499 1000. Here's Sean. Hi, Sean. And how are you? I'm all right, thank you. You sound a bit far away from your phone. No, I was just that. I just picked it. I was on the headphones. But my headphones don't bloody work. All so right. I've I got to quickly unplug them. Uh, were you on the phone the other night with Ian Lee when I called in? I was in the studio the other night. When I called in, I'm Sean that called in and had the horrible argument with Ian and then yeah. we ended up thinking about porridge. And yeah, and do you know what, Sean? That was beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. And, you know, I felt the same, you know, and I, you followed me on Twitter. I'm basically, I won't say my name on Twitter. I'm not under my own name, but there is a reason for that because I'm on for the sake of uh, for my business. And I, yeah. I, Can I ask yeah. you about that? I've not looked at your account. I don't know. Um, do you just tweet business stuff from that account? No, I use Twitter because uh, I'm a currency and commodity trader. Right. Okay. So I use Twitter as a curated news feed. So if there's any news about, you know what Twitter's like. I mean, if anything happens, I mean, sadly, I think it was Saturday night, um, I happened to be on Twitter, and I saw uh, the thing about Caroline dying. Yeah. And it and I, uh, a thing came up, it said, Newsflash, Caroline, um, I'm, I can't remember her second name now, you know, I'm nervous, I'm on the radio. Um... Uh, died, and um, it, I looked at the time thing on it, and it was like one minute that I got that yeah. thing. Yeah. And I sometimes go and do my work in a Starbucks because I'm a trader. I can work at home on my own, you know. And you just sit there on your own, watching the screens, watching the market. So very often I'll go and sit in a, in a Starbucks in Brighton. Yeah, you're preaching I'm to the choir there because sometimes I'll make the podcast and I'll think, oh, I'm not going to sit looking at these four walls again today. Let's go out. Exactly. I'll look at different four walls. Exactly. And I have a lovely situation in Starbucks, you know, because I have, like, Korean students come and sit near me, uh, a couple of old boys, you know, one, in fact, that has just had a heart attack. I haven't seen him for a week and he turned up today and he's safe, thank God. And I was in Starbucks actually on Saturday afternoon because I had a document to write while the markets were closed. And it was about five o'clock. And I went outside to smoke a cigarette. And I came back in and I looked at my laptop and I saw Bump Caroline had died. Yeah. And I said to a couple of the staff, do you know who she is? They said, yeah. And I said, she's just died. And everybody in the place just suddenly got on their phones and looked at it, you know. Yeah. And, um... So that's my use of, uh, of, of, of Twitter. I look at it because if the oil market changes, if something happens in the gold market, if something happens in, you know, uh, 
commodity exchange. It, it comes in just like that method. Mm-hmm. So that's why I use it. And I make comments, and, you know, I'm not a big global warming fan, so sometimes I'll talk about that, and I'll get attacked. And Right, and do you do that from your work account? Yes, I Ooh. do, most things. Hmm. You know, but I think you followed me the other day, and there's a picture of me on there, a Rolling Stones concert, you know, I've, I've, I've got my own photograph on there. No, it wasn't me that followed you. I don't follow many people, but I get it. I, I okay. get it. And you're not unusual in that people, you know, who are one-man businesses or one-woman businesses will, you know, have an account that's yeah. a bit of everything. Yeah, uh, and, and, and um, I, after, the other day after I had that conversation with Ian, I followed him, mm-hmm. and then somebody followed me which i thought was the girl that was in the studio with him on that day which i thought was you well it was but it wasn't oh. i am, i am that woman but I, oh, yeah. I, I but i'm not that twitter person all right fine well i promise i won't let you down but <laughs> your monologue at the start and i know you're nervous in there you know doing the show i'm not nervous i'm, I'm um i wanted to be really careful about what i said uh, it was brilliant what you've just said absolutely caught the zeitgeist you know and the reason i phoned into ian the other night and we went through that horrible difficult situation and ended up being friends was that what i wanted to call in actually to say and ian kept doing that thing talking over me going i love you i love you i love you and i kept you know and i sort of said f off and put the phone down and phone back in we went through this whole drama and what i was actually trying to say when i called in that night was to say you know, we're living in a world at the moment where we're all divided. You know, we. Uh, I'll give you an example. My son, Eli, is 18 years old. When he was three months old, my ex-wife, sadly, his mother, uh, was out shopping one day. And uh, I had a business in Bermuda at the time, a currency trading business in Bermuda. And I was on the line to my head trader there, and we were talking about the business. He said to me, I've got to go. He said, uh, an aeroplane has just crashed into the World Trade Center. And I said, oh, Jesus, I'll go downstairs and look. And those two planes crashed into the World Trade Center. And since that day, we've been through two horrible wars in Afghanistan and uh, Iraq. Uh, then after that was over, we went through, the, the day became an austerity. And after that was over, we went through the Brexit thing. And now we're in a situation where we've got the coronavirus. And none of us are getting arrested. And, you know, the media, what I actually called in to, the other, to say to you the other night was, you know, we've got a media now where, you know, all they talk about is racism and climate change. And we're all divided. And none of us are loving each other. And that's the big thing here now. You know, we've Brexited and... Uh, well, not not quite. Uh, let me interject just for a second, if I might, Sean, because I actually thought that phone call was really interesting. And especially hearing now the angle that you think you came in at, from my perspective, it was a bit like Twitter. You know, when someone jumps in and you came in and you, if I remember rightly, you called Ian a lunatic and said that he was surprised he still had a job. And what I would suggest is that point you made just then completely reasonable and you would have got a completely different reaction but i think sometimes you you start the people and not saying you in particular it happens on this show now and again not often because actually that thing you're talking about where the media is always whipping people up we don't do on this show 
we, we actually try not to and do Ian, that at all. Ian, Ian did do it to me the other night because... Well, hang on a second. But if you'd have come in the way you came in to me, you would have had a completely different experience. And do you know what? Let's, we, don't need to, we don't need to go over the whys and the wherefores because actually the way it turned out was the way it could have been all the way through. But Ian didn't let me. And, and, and I'm quite worried about Ian, actually, because Ian did to me the other night uh, what, what, something which is classic narcissism. You know, he didn't let me speak. He projected onto me. Are you going to start slagging my best friend off now? No. Well, uh, please uh, don't, Sean, because we were on such good footing. Let me tell you something right now. He's my best friend as well, because I really care about him. Wow. No. And if he's your best friend, I don't think he's right. And we can have another conversation about that. But what I'm telling you, what, have a conversation with him about that when he comes back. I will do. I'm not but his carer. What I, about, what I phoned in about tonight is, you know, uh, we are in a real mess in society at the moment. We, we just need to just love each other. You know, nobody needs to be divided over race. You know, nobody needs to be divided over sexism and all of that sort of stuff. You know, I live in Brighton, which is one of the most, uh, as I'm sure you probably know, which is one of the most diverse cities in the world. We all walk around here, you know, there are blacks, there are gays, there are transvestites, there are, we all get on, we all sit in cafes together, and, but we're all being kind of stretched like spaghetti and divided. And, uh, you know, we're all being told to look at each other with untrusting eyes. And what you... Yeah, but, you're, but your reaction is on you, Sean. Whatever, whoever's saying that, and they're not saying that to me, your reaction is on you. So no, you can I, join in with that, or you can choose to not. No, I'm fully joining in with it. What, with the stretching? No, with the uh, togetherness. Okay. But, uh, you know, I want everybody to be together. But, you know, you, you talk to gay guys, suddenly they're finding insult. You speak to lesbian women, suddenly they're finding insult. Uh, How are you insulting them? Huh? How are you insulting them? Just talking normally. Well, maybe you should do more listening and less talking. Well, no, because uh, they'll tell you what they'll tell you what's upsetting them if you listen. Well, you're doing to me what they're doing to me. What trying to help you? No, you're trying to niggle me. Oh, I see. That's what it is, is it? Well, it is. Why wouldn't you listen to me without you know saying what you're saying? I am listening to you, probably and, more and, carefully and, than you realise. And, and, and my biggest point the other night, my main point the other night, was that, you know, when I said about the um, blockbuster moment, which you all laughed about and everything, and I'm sure you've looked into that after. No, we haven't. <laughs> well, it's shame on you. Oh, shame listen, Sean, we come on and have a conversation. Don't come and give us a lecture. I would really like to have a chat with you, and I'd like to have a chat with you about something that is not going to upset you. But I'm not going to let you... I'm not upset at all. Good, all right. You're getting upset. Oh, I'm not upset at all. I've been doing this for 20-odd years, Sean. I've had more conversations that have been more pressing than this. Well, I've been doing this for 40 years. What, talking nonsense? There you go again, you see. <laughs> Bye, Sean. Oh, well. Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Hey, Hey, Alistair. Hi, Cass. Sorry, I was on the speaker and I had to put it on to How very uh, dare you. Uh, right, so I'm ringing to apologise. Oh, don't. 
I um, I apologise to it. I sent a, a, a Saki email, um, text to uh, Twitter to Ian, and I was really ashamed afterwards. And I, I did apologise to him by Twitter later in that morning, um, and I, he acknowledged it. I think. Yeah, and don't feel ashamed um, about it because you know what shame breeds. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's no good. Uh, but you you caught you caught yourself. I was an entitled dick, I guess, wasn't I? Well, it was, it was a bit of a surprise. Let's put it that way, Alistair. But you caught yourself in it. And as you probably just heard, some people never do. I don't know. Sean sure was all right. And then he went mad all Did, of a sudden. He, he didn't want to have a conversation. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I was doing everything just in that few words of, of, of that tweet because I was you know, frustrated stupidly about, you know, not being on, but yeah. that's just being feeling entitled, and I know that, you know, it's not about uh, it's about the whole show and, and you know, all of your listeners, it's not about me. Well, sometimes it's about you, sometimes it's about other people, but, you know, we just, yeah. try, and, we just try and keep it bouncing along, Alistair, and I'm sorry if you felt slighted about it. What's been going no, on no, with no, you? No, no. You, sound, you sound a bit down. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of... Um, all right now. I mean, what was happening last week, to be honest with you, is I was right. This is really bad. So, any listeners who are, you know don't do this, I found some old medication right that I wasn't actually taking. I'm not taking at the moment, but I knew these tablets would help me sleep. Mm -hmm. So I started taking. They're actually an antipsychotic. Oh blimey, Alistair! And. Um, Although I was trying to minimise how many I took, um, although it, it did get me to sleep, it was the wrong kind of sleep, and I got myself into a bit of a bit of a state with it, really, if I'm honest. And that's why I think I was a bit kind of, you know, emotional. Yeah. Would say. Uh, so I've stopped it now. And what have you done with those pills? Uh, they need to go in the bin, and they will. Right. Um, and now... Um, because you know, you know this stuff's like whack-a-mole, if you're not careful. Yes. You sort of, you're drinking out and then you start relying on something else. That's it. And uh, That's as it. we've we experienced, it doesn't make you any better. <laughs> no. Um, but anyway, and then, um, well, the horrible thing happened on Saturday. Oh, right. And then it kind of made me focus again on... People who send tweets, including me, unfortunately, that really are, are not very nice. Mm. And it, it, may, it took me back to, um, you know, the time when I sent uh, Ian some oh, yeah. horrible tweets. But, but don't go back to that, because we, cause that's done, that's forgotten. And you know what? Maybe that had to happen to get us where we are now. And we're yeah. so, you know, we're thrilled to bits that you're back. And we're thrilled to bits that we can have the conversations that we have with you now. And that's all, you know, that's all gone in the past. But as I say, probably necessary to happen. So you wake up to yourself and realise that it doesn't have to be like that. You're doing so well, Alistair. Yeah. Don't get dragged backwards by shame. No, no, no. I mean, it's just that, um, you know, it, it just makes you think about, obviously, Caroline, unfortunately, felt with everything going on. And as you rightly said in the beginning, it must be a very complex situation with, what she was going through with everything happening. Um, 
obviously any anything said in tweets or Instagrams or anything like that are not helpful, especially if they're if they're if they're negative. Mm. So um, yeah, you're absolutely right. We all need to look at ourselves. I think about this sort of thing. Yeah. And you know what? It doesn't mean being a pushover. It doesn't mean letting no. people ride roughshod over your feelings or anything like that, you know. But there's a way to handle yourself, you know. And I, yeah. this is the thing, that, you know. Be the person that you that you want to be online and as if someone's watching you all the time. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, because it's out of respect for yourself. I don't want you feeling like this over a silly tweet. No. Well, I'm, I'm fine now. Good. Um, but, um, you know... I just wanted to register that with yourselves. Ah, well. Um, but, um, Kath, I mean, obviously in your position, I mean, do you mind me asking? Because you must get some negative stuff thrown at you. How do you deal with it? Not a lot. I don't get a lot, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I don't look on online forums because I, it feels a bit like eavesdropping on someone else's conversation and their opinion of me has got probably very little to do with the truth and there's nothing I can do about it. So what's the yeah. point in putting myself through that? I did it a couple of times once when I was younger and uh, it took quite a long time to get back from it. You know, you can't do this yeah. job. This job is so much about confidence and yeah. about um, being um, unguarded. And if you're continually trying to please people who don't like you, you can't be you. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's like standing in, up in a classroom where you know the bullies that are about, at the back taking the mickey out of how you speak. You can't do it. So I just have to be in this little bubble and assume I'm talking to friends. And, yeah, yeah. you know, oh, people don't like it, then that's fine. I'm not, um, you know, I'm not moving in with them. No. And uh, also the lucky thing is that I work with my mate. And so if something particularly yeah. upsetting happens, I can t send it to him and we laugh about it. And that's how we get around it. For the most part, some of it is hurtful. In the past, it's been hurtful, especially when times were hard. But people had no idea because we don't tend to air that stuff on air. No. Um, and you've got family around you. I've got family you. around me. I've got my mum and dad around the corner, you know. And fortunately, I've been brought up in a, an environment where it was all right to speak up if I didn't feel like I was handling things. So. Yeah. And you've got a lovely cat. I've got a lovely cat, but she could not give a toss about me, so she's no help whatsoever. <laughs> the only time she cares about me is if I'm holding the dreamies. <laughs> well, I'm on. And then I'll go, you know, I'll have to ask, here's the bathroom complete. Oh, my God. The bathroom. We are into week four of a job that was supposed to take a week and a half. What's wrong with them? I, right. He's, he's doing an all right job, but he's so slow, and we've had so many... Honestly, the excuses, right? And he's a single dad, and we were warned from the start that he would need to be there to pick up the kids and stuff. And it's like, I get it, I completely get it. Yeah. Um, but we've had the kids being ill, him being yeah. ill, the electrician being ill, uh, one of his um, mates having to go, you know, the builder's mates having to go for emergency dental work. Then this week, <laughs> I went, I said to my husband, all that's missing is his nan failing in some way we got that one this weekend she had a fall and he had to take his mum oh. and it got to the point where you're going uh-huh okay and he, uh, ian says i don't know why you've not called him out what if he's just really the unluckiest man in the world what if and i can't be that person i'm just not good at no, conflict you're a, you're a nice person but at the same time i do feel a bit of a mug 
and I've only just got a shower that can work and not everything's fixed and he's supposed to be coming back tomorrow to finish off. And there's no point bawling him out, is there? Because I don't want to be in the house with, well, either someone who walks out and leaves me well, with a bathroom unfinished or someone who's furious. And the longer it goes on, the kind of longer you have to put up with it in a way because... I just want, I just want it done now. You know, you can't sack him particularly because it's not worth that, that happening. No, but let me tell you something. Uh, on Thursday, I discovered that my loved old banger, my uh, moped, d didn't work. My scooter didn't work. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's ancient. It's 20 years old, and I probably didn't um, rev it up enough during the winter yeah. to keep the battery going. Completely my fault, right? But I phoned this guy up who'd had a look at it for free for me. Um, he was sort of joined up to the um, motorbike school that I was using. And they said, oh, take it round to Dean, he's brilliant. I did, and he had a look for me, and he had a look for nothing, but I had in my head, right, that's the fella if anything goes wrong with this, because I've had trouble in the past getting people to even look at it, because it's so old. Right. Not only did that fella answer the phone, get back to me, tell me he'd see it and on what day, pick it up, do it, do it for, like, 40 quid, sort it out for me, and bring it back to me the next day... I was so overjoyed and I was thinking, why am I like, I was kissing this bloke's backside. I thought it was wonderful and I told him I thought it was brilliant. And you know what it is, Alistair? It's so mm -hmm. rare these days to hire someone yeah. who does what they say they're going to do. And Absolutely. you don't have to chase them. I'm always yeah. chasing and I hate it. I hate being that, the nag. I hate it. But he did it. I, yeah. And he did it with a smile and he didn't do it as if it was a hassle. Oh, that's brilliant. So he's got a customer for life and I will recommend him to the high heavens. Yeah. I mean, the I bathroom guy, on the other hand, possibly not. I've got a roommate for life by the looks of it. I think he's, I told oh, him right. if you stay any longer, you'll be moving in. Yeah, I'll tell him that you'll have to like the cat. <laughs> but, um, I got a, a, a mate from the AA group to come and do my security light because he's an electrician. And that's exactly the same. He did it, you know, in about a couple of weeks after I'd asked him, and it was about 50 quid, that was it. Yeah. Isn't, so it, isn't it thrilling when, when someone does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I really want, right, this is what everyone needs in their life. A hairdresser that is brilliant and, and does what you ask, and also, if you don't know, can make recommendations that work, right? Everyone wants that person. A builder yeah. who you can call at the drop of a hat and who will do a fair job in a reasonable amount of time. Everyone wants that. A mechanic. Uh, I think those three people will see you right through life. Absolutely. And maybe a vet, if you're lucky... A vet, yeah, useful, <laughs> useful. But anyway. thanks, Kath, and uh, please send my love to Ian, and uh, I'll be listening all week, as you know. All right, you're a good one. Thanks very much, Alistair. You take care of yourself. Thanks, Catherine. Bye-bye. Let's speak to... We'll talk to Alan in just a second. Let's take a break first, shall we? This is Talk Radio. I'm Catherine Boyle. The phone number, as usual, 0344 499 1000. Late Night with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. 03444991000. Caddick, I'll come in to you in just a second. Let's speak to Sharan first because he was hanging on, and I know the rule is usually before half past ten, but it was me wanging on the delayed things. Hey, Sharan, how are you doing? Good, you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. First thing I'd like to say is that we, my parents renovated the house about two years ago. Mm -hmm. The same thing happened with us. Like, all of them said it would be done in under a year, but it took two years. <gasps> To renovate the entire thing. Oh my god! So that's a whole house, though. I'm thinking maybe yeah, a bathroom. I can look forward to what, six months. <laughs> anyway, how's your house yeah. looking now? I bet it's gorgeous. I bet it's gorgeous now. It's still not done. Oh god, this is not. This is not filling me with a lot of hope. 
we moved in now, but there's still like 10 or 11 minor jobs that still need to be done, but the builder won't show up. What? I mean, these days, so YouTube, there should be a tutorial for sorting out these jobs. Maybe you should get your hammer and chisel out. I bet there is, but then you'll have to buy all the equipment. This is true, this is true. Probably leave it, to, leave it to a professional. It will cost about a grand. Sorry, what were you going to say, Sharon, before I rudely interrupted with whimsy? It's okay. So I met up with a friend I was talking about last week. Yeah. So we had a conversation about that, but then... I could tell he was hiding something because his eyes started to water up and then he was swearing and stuff. He walked away. So I know there's something wrong, but now he won't answer my text. And I'm kind of worried because he showed me a really bad joke. So I lightly punched him in the arm, but he flinched like he was bruised on his arm or something like that. So I'm kind of worried, but he won't answer my text or anything. And I don't go to the same school as him. And I don't have his parents' number or anything. Right. Do you know where he I'm lives? I'm confused where to go from now. Do you know where he lives? No. Mm. Nope. And he won't answer your text. Well, do you know what? Maybe maybe write him something and don't expect an answer. And just put that in the thing. I, well, and then... Um, you're not... What are you writing? You're not writing anything that's going to make him even angrier if he, he, he's indeed angry. No, I just said stuff like, if you need someone to talk to, I can tell there's something kind of wrong. If you want to talk to someone, I'm here. Okay. Stuff like that. Do you know what? Sometimes that's enough. Just leave that dangling for a bit. And if he's not got back to you in a week or so, send another one. Say, listen, I'm thinking of you. Hope you're all right. You know where I am. Because sometimes okay. when people are down, they don't necessarily want to talk about it. When I was... Uh, I, I had a tough time a couple of years back, and the worst thing someone could say to me is, are you all right? Because I thought, don't ask me. I'll, I won't be able to stop. So it, it, you've sown a little seed there, whether he's acknowledged it or not. Give him, a, give him a bit more time. He knows you're there. That's the important thing. All right. Okay, yeah. All right, you take care of yourself. You're a good lad. Okay, thanks. Take care. It's really nice of you to, to try. Really nice of you to try. Alan Caddick. Hi, Kat. Hello, you are right? Well, I am and I'm not. Yeah. Well, my mum's back home from hospital, which is a good thing. Yeah, and how's she doing? She's a lot better, thanks. Okay. Has she still got her oxygen mask on? Yeah, she's still got the CPAP mask on. Yeah. But where's the governor tonight? He's off for a week. So are you coming for the whole week? Yeah. Is that all right? I, f I thought you and her might alternate. We might... No, because he's having a week off, and if he, we alternate, he'll only have three days off. Well, you and Howard could team up on Friday. Who? You and Howard. Oh, Howard. Nah. You and Howard alternate. No, why, why do you want Howard to do it? No, because Howard did Tuesday and Friday, and you did Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Why? We need something different. This is a show I do all the time. Well, I thought you might want to party at the weekend. Why? I'm 42. Like I, I don't want to party at the like. weekend. My partying days are over. I wore the party out, Alan Caddick. They had to get me to leave. Well, I had a big good birthday yesterday. You had a big birthday? Forty. Oh, yeah. How'd We're you... not trying to explain on here on Friday, but he didn't give a boss monkey. No, he don't. He don't care about birthdays. So how does it feel to be naughty 40, Alan Caddick? It's only been 24 hours. Yeah, no, but don't you feel different? I felt different when I turned 10. <laughs> I still feel as if I'm 18. Yeah, well, here's the thing. You will do. 
I, I don't feel 18. I, f- I feel about 26. But then there are various reminders that I'm not. Like my kids saying, do you know Jesus? Stuff like that. <laughs> Wasn't he related to Elvis? Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't he related to Elvis? Yeah, to the birth God, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, somewhere there will be... I think there is a church of Elvis, so you're not far wrong, but uh, no, I don't believe they were blood relations. Well, we're all powerful in their field. I mean, Jesus was the all-powerful in everything, and Elvis was powerful in music. He certainly was. But nothing beats Lennon and McCartney, though. Well, some would disagree. Some people don't like him. Imagine, weirdos. But there is a conspiracy that Paul McCartney was dead. Yeah, I know. His brother's not very happy about that. Hmm... And I don't think George was all Ringo when they heard about it. No, but that was one of those things that I suppose it got people talking. I mean, they were talking nonsense, but they were talking. Yeah. Who, who's um? Oh, I've got a, I've got a message through here from Baffled Onlooker, and it looks like it's for you. It's your area of expertise, anyway, Alan. If it's about Caroline Flack, I'm still more about it. No, it's not. No, it's not about Caroline Flack. Who's going to win the Grand National this year? Two words. Tiger Wall. Tiger what? Tiger Wall. How are you spelling that? R-O-L-L. Roll, Tiger Roll. I got, I got you, like those um, crunchy baps that um, scratch yeah. the top of your mouth, yeah. He's run it for the last two years, he's going for the hat trick this year. Oh, blimey, okay, that's, um, alright, I'll note but, that down. But, he's, but the best point for him at the moment is five to one. Gosh. Is that good? Well, he's a favourite. Okay. Thanks very much, Alan Caddick. Hopefully that helps Baffled Onlooker, but you can't claim back if you lose. That's just the rules. Thanks very much, Alan Caddick. 0344 499 1000. And just like that, the switchboard was empty. And I was all alone. All alone. 0344 499 1000. Yeah, we can talk about that. The the thing of uh, the delight when you get someone, you find someone in your life. I'm not talking about a romantic partner, but I might as well be in the terms that I'm going to be discussing. Someone who brings you everything you ever need, right? So, the hairdresser that you would be devastated if you lost. Everyone wants that, don't they? Everyone needs a good hairdresser. You know that feeling when you're great hairdresser that you've been going to maybe for years tells you that she's maybe going mobile and she's moving and you're not going to be in her area all that kind of stuff it's a devastating thing people that you need in your life right hairdressers mechanic builder and a bathroom i mean it's only a tiny bathroom it's really a shower room it's not got a bath in it anymore four weeks four weeks and one very unlucky builder I'm a mug, aren't I? 0344-499-1000. Give me a shout if you would like. You can uh, tweet at Talk Radio or me. I'm at Cath with no G. Uh, you can text 87222 and you start your text with the word talk. That'll cost you 25p plus your standard network charge. Go on, give us a ring. Let's have a chat. Late Night with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Oh, yeah, I wanted to ask you about weird nocturnal behaviour as well, because my little, and as you know, she sleepwalks and throws up. That's her latest thing. So she'll have a little walk around. I'll say, get in the, she'll be complaining. I'll say, get in the bathroom. I'll have to steer her to the bathroom, otherwise she would go anywhere. I mean, anywhere. And then it's just a fountain. It's awful, right? But I've worked out a technique that if I can talk to her and I can talk her gently awake, we can avoid 
that particular extravaganza, right? So yesterday, I heard murmurings from upstairs and I legged it up there thinking, right, got to get her out of her bedroom. To be honest, she's got a bed that um, would, wouldn't look out of place in the Toys R Us skip. Basically, it's a nest. Everything that she's ever been given that's got a face on it is in her bed. And there's some things in there that have no faces on and got no right to be in there. Like, what did I find the other day? Jigsaw. She's had a jigsaw in there. And basically, anything she's ever owned, she hoards. It's like that bit at the end of Labyrinth, you know, when they're piling all the stuff on top of her. That, that kind of vibe. Meanwhile, my eldest daughter, who's got the bunk bed above, completely clean. It's like she's in the army or something. It's two very different people. Anyway, so I went upstairs thinking I've got to avoid the, I mean, devastation that would occur if she throws up in that bed because everyone will have to come out. Everybody out! It'd be washed and it'd be horrible. But she was having a good old chat and it was a very polite chat. When I went in there, I said, uh, are you all right there? She went, no, 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 no. In the poshest voice I've ever heard in my life. No, 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 no. And uh, then I said to her, um, are you okay? You're okay. You know you're at home. You're all right. You're safe. And she said, "Excuse me." Right. So it was quite hilarious. And then she kept sort of chuntering on, and I went downstairs again, and I'd come up and check her. And then by the time I thought, "Oh, you'd like to hear this," I'll go and record her. Of course, she'd gone quiet by the time I got up the stairs. But I know now. I know now what to do if it happens again. But I read about this woman this today, and it kind of uh, it, it seemed to jump out at me, perhaps because I'd had uh, the late night chatter from last night. This is from uh, NBC News, and it's talking about this woman called Jenna Edward, uh, Jenna Evans. On Tuesday, Jenna Evans was on a high-speed train that was racing down the tracks. Her fiance by her side. When some bad guys appeared, she said. There was only one way to protect her 2.4 carat diamond engagement ring. Have you noticed how big Americans' engagement rings are? Outrageous. It's like something you get in a cracker, but it's real. There's only one way to protect her diamond engagement ring. Swallow it. So that is what Evans did. I popped that sucker off, put it in my mouth and swallowed it with a glass of water, Evans said in a Facebook post. And then she woke up. Evans was relieved on Wednesday morning that the whole episode had just been a vivid, bizarre dream, she told today, was very James Bond. That is, until she realised her engagement ring was no longer on her finger. Evans, who has a history of sleepwalking, soon realised that while the bad guys and the high-speed train had been snoozing subconscious, the consumption of her engagement ring was not. When I woke up in the morning, there was no ring on my finger, Evans told today. I couldn't help but laugh at it, and then I had to wake my fiancé up and tell him that I'd swallowed my engagement ring. Evans said on Facebook she had to Google if adults often swallow rings. It turns out more that children more commonly do it. Yeah, you'd know that if you watch um, Operation Ouch, right? It's a joke that I have with my kids. Whenever we watch that, right, there'll be a kid with something stuck up their nose that shouldn't be, or stuck up somewhere else, in their ear normally. And when they do the kind of reconstruction, it's like sort of crime watch but a cartoon it's always oh molly was just watching telly and she was throwing m&ms into the air and it, no she wasn't she was picking her nose and she rammed it up there as hard as she could we all know what that scenario was don't kid us and it's always that or it was um you know johnny was playing with his lego bricks and uh, he decided to um it, it, to throw it at his brother and it landed in his it no he didn't you rammed it in there because you were messing about that's what always happens oh have you seen the um way to get a here's a little tip uh, the, have you seen the mother's kiss technique for getting something out of a kid's nose? It's disgusting. Have you seen it? You have to blow in their mouth and it pops out like... 
I got a bead out once, but thankfully I didn't know that technique and I just sort of pushed down the bridge of the nose. Little kids' noses are really sort of bendy and I could feel it and I just pushed it out that way. But uh, yeah, the mother's kiss. That's like the junior version of the old uh, Heimlich. Don't quote me on that because I got struck off quite a long time ago. Hello, Amy. Hello. Amy. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Who's that? Amy. Okay, Amy, what did you ring me for? A uh, long time, wasn't that first time caller? Oh, I haven't got the bell. Hang on a minute. Hang on, let me, let me... You got a very dirty glass, but hopefully that will suffice. Thanks for ringing, Amy. What did you want to say? I, uh, I wrote this down. Uh, this is the second time I phoned up a radio station, and the first time was in September, or October 2002. When I phoned up Nick Abbott's show, uh -huh. I, said, I never thought I'd phone you up because I'm too blank, blank shy. And they used the delay thing to stop it going out. So right. then I phoned back up and they said I was blacklisted. Right. So now I'm phoning up again. I know. Don't swear again. Yeah. Why are you ringing me? So, why did you phone up a radio station? How does it feel? Yeah, good. I was drunk the first time I phoned up when I was 17. You were 17? How old are you now? 34. Well, blimey, that's been a while then. Yeah. How's your life changed since then? Uh, it hasn't really. Really? What, from 17? Yeah, I just stayed in the house most of the time. Uh-huh. Skydiving once. You never? Yeah, that's... What do you do that for? Well, I, could, I, I couldn't do that. That was good. How do they train you for that? Eh, uh, like tandem jump, so we just have to... Oh, they just have to strap you onto someone who knows what they're doing? Yeah. I'd still be khaki in my pants, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, it's good. You get a kind of feeling like falling. You accelerate. And how close to the ground does it feel like you get before they pull the cord and your parachute appears? Yeah, uh, you know, it's really like It's not like being wily coyote then. You don't see the ground rushing towards you. No, no, but it's like I can see that. You know that kind of nervous feeling you get. Yeah. It's like that, but normally it's like fluttering in your chest. But when you jump out of the plane, it's like in a static feeling, like a big kind of column of energy. Yeah. Right up here. Is there a moment just before it happens that you think, oh, I don't want to do this anymore? Yeah, but I do. That's incredible. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't even put myself in a position where it might be a possibility. I would just wuss out. That's quite some achievement. What have you been doing today? Um, I'm not going to talk about today. No. All right. Are you all right? Yeah, I think. Okay.
I'm glad you rang up. Okay. All right, you take care of yourself. You can ring up whenever you want. Hey, thank you. Night. Bye. Bye. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. That's mysterious, wasn't it? Hmm. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. You give me a buzz. Uh, you can not a buzz like jumping out of a plane, though. That frankly is not. That's filed under stuff that I'm never going to do ever, ever, ever. You can tweet at Talk Radio or at Flipping Cat. Or you can uh, text 87222 and start your text with the word TALK and that'll cost you 25p plus your standard network charge. Um, But we can gab about whatever. I mean, if you've done weird things in your sleep or you've had something strange stuck up your nose or some other... I mean, I'm going to open that particular can of worms, but it is after, it's nearly 11 o'clock. Some other orifice um, that you've found difficult to explain. Also, the crummy excuses you've given to people for not being able to turn up for work, because I've heard basically, I think, all of them over the last four weeks, all of them, and my bathroom is still not done. I was waiting for the, oh, my nan is sick, and, and, and sure enough, it'll be popped. And I know, this is terribly cynical, isn't it? This is terribly cynical. But I know that the nan is sick one has one final one in reserve. (laughs) And if that pops up, you can't say a thing. You cannot say a thing. And then you might have three other grandparents. 03444991000. Someone sent me a lovely um, text here. Is your daughter, no name unfortunately, thank you. Is your daughter possessed like in The Exorcist? It would explain the projectile honking. Does she shout, your mother washes socks in hell? You should have a word with Howard Hughes. Actually, that's not a bad shout at all. I don't think she is possessed. I think she's just disgusting. And I think she's also, a ho- I think she's got hoarding tendencies is what I think. And it's slightly concerning. But we're going to have to clear that room out soon and she's going to get... I would say she's going to get a rude awakening, but I'm just as bad for throwing things out. We're supposed to clear out that room because we need to give them both their own space my eldest daughter is 11 and she needs her own room and we've got one room that's just full of toys my problem i can't throw away anything with a face it just looks at me accusingly i can't do it but it's gonna have to go tell you what if she throws up on it all that will make the decision very very easy wouldn't it oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand if you want to give me a shout we can talk about what's happened this weekend we can talk about your personal stories we can talk about something daft you know the score i mean it's me on my own and i'm usually with ian but the rules are still the same you can talk about whatever you fancy this is talk radio i'm Catherine boyle and i'm on 03444991000 late night with Catherine boyle on talk radio
1000. You're listening to Talk Radio. Oh, I'm Catherine Boyle, and this is the late night alternative. Uh, Ian's not here for the week, so I'm doing the show on my own. Well, hopefully not completely on my own. You can always give me a ring. I've got Roger, I've got Stephen, I've got Annie, and I've got Neil. And do you know who I'm going to first? Yeah, Annie. Hey, Annie. Hello there. Hey, thanks for giving me a ring. That's okay. I just um, tweeted you about my daughter. She used to sleep what when she was little. I need to hear this story. <laughs> she um, she used to do it quite often. Um, when she was about six or seven, she would literally run up and down the stairs, through the living room, through the kitchen, just like she was, I don't know, like there was some kind of emergency. You know, to be like that kind of wild look on her face. Yes. I did, just used to let her get on with it. So, you know, she'd be fine. She'd go back to bed in a minute. And then when she tried to climb out the window, I did have to stop her. Oh, blimey, what did you think was happening? Was she running away from something in a dream or...? I've got no idea, but the next day she wouldn't remember anything about it. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what was going on. It's nuts. And were her eyes open? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it... She looked, she looked awake, but she wasn't. It, yeah, it's the weirdest thing, isn't it? The first couple of times it happened with my youngest, I was thinking, what are you doing? I remember saying to her, go in the bathroom. You know, if you feel sick, go in the bathroom. Yeah. Where are you going? I was thinking, what on earth <laughs> is she doing? She's going in the cupboard. But <sighs> then it kind of clicked with me that every time this thing happened, because I thought maybe she's got some sort of um, intolerance or something, you need to get yeah. her checked out. She's been asleep. And you look online, I mean, you can find anything online, obviously, Dr. Mm-hmm. Google. Yeah. But apparently it's quite common for kids to just you know get himself into a state yeah. i guess <laughs> i know it's a it's a mom term but it used to happen when she was overtired yes yeah, yeah. It, do you know what i noticed with mine is that it was always after a party you know where she'd yeah. been out a bit late or eating loads of crap so it was yeah. always, always made for an exciting <laughs> cocktail that i had to clear up um nice. when did, when did it stop though she just grew out of it eventually, yeah. It, just, it lasted about a year or two, um, but then, yeah, it just stopped on its own. And it wasn't her being worried about anything? No, no. She just went, you know, if she'd got overexcited or just overtired, yeah, um, yeah just, just, it just came by itself and then went by itself. So right. I'm sure your little one will be fine. Yeah, I mean, she hasn't heard about... I mean, I haven't, I'm not going to suggest about climbing out of windows because no. she's... <laughs> but, yeah, gosh... You, that, that's quite frightening actually when they start trying to make a break for it yeah that was a bit scary so yeah, I'm glad uh, glad I was up and awake <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and what was your technique for getting her back into bed just let her to do it herself just used, to, just used to let her get on with it and then when she started to slow down then we just sort of guide her back up to bed yeah yeah just let her have a little funny five minutes <laughs> call it <laughs> oh Annie that's a lovely story thanks for giving us a ring that's okay, I'm enjoying the show. Oh, You're thanks. doing really well on your own. I've not heard you on your own before. Well, thanks very much. I appreciate your support. <laughs> nice to speak to you, Annie. Take care of yourself. 0344 499 1000. Uh, let's have a quick chat with Roger, who I believe has a scratchy voice. Let's let's hear it, Marianne Frost. Good evening, Catherine. has a very scratchy voice. Oh. But uh, you, you, I wanted to ring in a couple of times last week, but I just you, nobody would be able to understand me. When I get a husky voice, I start to sound like uh, Phyllis Pierce. <laughs> I, uh, I could barely, I could barely speak. I, I was squeaking at one point. Is it sore though? Get words out. Is it sore though? Because sometimes it just sounds bad and the well, frustrating that's the thing. thing. It's not sore. No. It's, it wasn't. Re- it wasn't really sore. I just had a really bad cold, and I say fifty percent of the time when I have a really bad cold, at the last stage of it, I'll just completely lose my voice. Usually for about a week. Yeah. 
great fun. Maybe it's nature's off switch, eh, Roger? <laughs> Shut me up for a bit. <laughs> anyway, you're ringing me about what? Sleepwalking? Yeah, sleepwalking. Go on. Yeah, as I used to sleepwalk, similar to what Annie's daughter, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I used to try and get ready for school. Right, okay. Sleep. <laughs> okay. I'd try and get out of the house in my sleep. Oh, God. Did you ever get out? No. Right. No, I think my mum, I think I vaguely remember a story about my mum's sleepwalk when she was a kid and she was like a street away. She got out of the house and that, she was like a street away. That's terrifying. Uh, but I used to have, <coughs> apparently I used to have full conversations with my mum in yeah, my sleep. Did they make sense though? Apparently, yeah. Gosh. To the point where I think once, at least once, she just made me, uh, she made me a cup of tea. And I drank a cup. I'd, I'd drink a cup of tea in my sleep while sleepwalking. So it must have featured in your dream. I don't know. Actually, I've got no memory of it. I, I know. I, I think it got a bit heavy because it got to the point where they they got like child psychologists involved. Yeah. And I saw a child a child psychologist try to blame me dad. What me thinking dad, you were troubled? Yeah, That's me, why yeah, you weren't. Yeah, my dad weren't playing with me enough. Oh God. I know, it, it, it was really weird. But, and here's yeah, the I, thing, right? Unless you are there all the time, right? You can never play with your kids enough. Yeah, exactly. My dad worked, my dad worked long hours, and well, especially when I was that age. And uh, But yeah, it was just weird. It's just got this vague... Just like Mum saying, oh, you drank a cup of tea? In your sleep? And I'm like, what? Blimey. Yeah, it's not 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 as dramatic as trying to get out of a window. No, but I mean, it, it's all... Do you know what it is, Roger? It's all to character. Some mm. people try and make a break for it, some people want a nice brew. If I was to choose it, I would know that it was you that wanted the brew. That person that committed a murder. What? Sleep, I'm sure the one. And I, thought, I think that... I'll have to Google this later, but I'm sure... Let's have a look. Did oh, it the... I think they drove to somebody's house. Oh, come off it. Yeah, they're, they're, I know there have been cases of people driving in the sleep. Here we go. Homicidal sleepwalking. This is Wikipedia, so obviously true. <laughs> Homicidal sleepwalking. This is, by the way, if you're listening to this and thinking, aha, I've been looking for the way to do the perfect moider, this is the... <laughs> We will. We've got this on tape, and um, and I'll give it. If I see any cases come up, I'll be sending this to your uh, prosecutors. Homicidal sleepwalking, also known as homicidal somnambulism or sleepwalking murder, is the act of killing someone during an episode of sleepwalking. There have been some cases in which an act of homicide has occurred, and the prime suspect may have committed the act while sleepwalking. There we go, Roger. May. Mm -hmm. The veracity of recorded cases is disputed. About 69 cases have been reported in the literature up to the year 2005. One such case is that of Kenneth Parks, who was acquitted of the murder of his mother-in-law in 1987 after using the sleepwalking defence. Blimey. Mm. Blimey. Well, I said, you can... Apparently, you can function. You can function. Because of the way sleepwalking works, I said you've got your eyes open, the part of your brain that, you know, controls your body, not, all, that, all that works, you're just not conscious. Right. And you, you, can, you can do virtually anything while sleepwalking. Well, I, I did a bit of sleepwalking in my teens, but whenever I spoke, it, 
you'll be surprised to know, Roger, and everyone else, dear listener, you'll be surprised to know it was absolute nonsense. And apparently, I started out talking about having to do some homework for school. That was what I was fretting about. And then the Misty Men got involved, and then I headbutted a door frame out of frustration. Obviously, in a kind of, in my dream, it was obviously in a cartoon fashion. Oh, wow. But I actually did it. Uh, didn't do any damage. You'll be astounded to know. Um, but yeah, so it, I gave myself away with, you know, the, the Mr. Men, I think, was mm. the, the big thing. But uh, yeah, I think some people probably can hold a conversation in their sleep. Yeah, it's just one of the, it's just one of those weird human behaviours, I suppose. In fact, you just... Because no, we, don't, we don't really, you still don't really know how the brain works. No, I don't know how mine works. I, you just reminded me, actually, I was speaking to someone last week who said that a certain time of the night is when her husband knows she's going to start chuntering on and apparently it's quite entertaining sometimes but you know that's got to be worse than snoring <laughs> yeah yeah anyway what are you going to do about that throat oh i don't know i'll wait for it to recover it's got probably, probably two or three that's a pro to, uh, believe it or not i as i said i sound a lot better now than what i did a few I days ago i just could not speak i hear gargling with neat squash is good oh god i know it sounds disgusting but it works I'll stick to me. I'll might stick to me rip-off strepsil. <laughs> what are they called in the rip-off uh, strepsil? I don't know. They're just they're just uh, throat lozenges, but oh, just okay. like a more generic brand that costs like a third of the price, if that. So beautiful. If it Rather does the than, job, who cares? Yeah, I'm like, a tight northerner. So well, I like to soothe myself, but when I moved yeah. away from the north, and I was ten. Gone <laughs> all posh. Don't blame me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for ringing, Roger. I appreciate it. No worries, it. Catherine. And I know it was no small sacrifice to put strain on that that finely honed tool of yours. And I mean your, your voice. Let's have a quick chat with Stephen. Hey, Stephen. Hi, Catherine. Hello. Hi. I, I still think, by the way, that you should... Um, well, sorry, rephrase it. I do like your voice for reading when you sometimes read a ghost story. I think you once thought that I was taking the mickey when I said you'd be good on doing an audio book and you sort of laughed it off and thought that I was being funny. But actually, I do think you've got a nice voice for that, a good accent. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you're reading a serious ghost story, you know, laughing at night or whatever. That's very yeah, kind so. of you. I think you should think of it seriously, actually, yeah. Well, Sadly, it's not the way it works. Do you know, I've tried to get um, vo voice voiceover representation. No one's interested. They want yeah. um, recognisable voices now, so... You know, if I went on Big Brother and got my bum out, they might be interested. But to this point, no merci. Mm. And to be honest, no one wants to see that anymore. Anyway, Stephen, what brings you to my door this evening? Actually, I was going to talk about health. But Go I was on. Going to say, well, but not mental health, but in a way mental, because I suppose everything affects the mental. I mean, because we have feelings in our minds, not, not in our bloodstream, don't we? So it's like that, but... But, you know, the strange thing is that I know people with depression will have symptoms, that they'll feel he a heaviness in their chest and they can feel ill, and it's all connected. Well, I've got a couple of physical things that combined make me feel, I suppose, depressed in quotes, but yeah. I, I don't like the word myself because it's not a clinical depression. I mean, antidepressants would never help. Right. See, I have, a, I have a cancer, I have a prostate cancer, and... I can't really agree to treatment for that because um, you probably know, but if a man has radical treatment on the prostate, um, his abilities, his male abilities, let me delicately say, mm -hmm. become severely affected. 
you know, basically infertility as well and um, unable to function properly. Well, I guess at um, that point you've got to look at what the alternative is. Well, you see, that, that's where it ties in like a jigsaw. Oh, you've gone quiet, Stephen. Oh, sorry. There we I go. There he is. I, I keep the same phone in the same same position, sorry. So, when I was young, um, I had really bad acne, and I couldn't get a girlfriend because I had, like, these, like, raspberries stuck on my face, if you could imagine. So, that was, like, a real nightmare. My teens were an absolute nightmare for that reason. That, in turn, left me with scarring, which I've still got. I mean, uh, I've had cosmetic surgery from time to time. The derma rolling, where they roll over your skin with, like, needles mm. to scrape skin away, you know. But it's still not great. And so... When I had the diagnosis for the prostate, I thought, oh, come on, life, you know, or God, you know, I mean, if God exists, or the life force of the universe, you think, oh, come on. Um, talk about adding insult to injury. It's like, you can't get a girlfriend because of how you look. And then, if you did get a girlfriend, if you go ahead with a prostate treatment, you won't be able to do anything with the girlfriend if you get her. So, it's like a catch-22. So... I think I know. I'm not really being a moaner. I just wanted to offload a bit because, yeah, the weekend stuff, it's true. It, it goes through your mind. You hear people talk about suicide. It's been on the radio an awful lot today. And yeah. um, the Samaritan's number's been given out an awful lot on lots of uh, shows on the station. And and I just think that eventually, not now, I don't mean this very night, don't, don't, don't worry, but I think in the next 18 months, I'll probably have to do it. I'll have to end myself because... Dying of cancer won't be pretty, it won't be nice, but that's what would eventually happen. And I've just got to see that through. I've just got to have the courage to see it through to the end, you know, and do that to myself. Because I wonder whether there's anyone listening who can identify with what you're talking about there and can tell us from their perspective about what happened after treatment. Because I do wonder whether... That sounds very radical. Well, you know, Andrew Ledweber, well, well, of course you do, everyone's heard of him. He he read, um, he read wrote something in one of the papers uh, a few years ago, I, I, I recall it, because my eyes, anything to do with some, something that resembles my situation, I zoom in on, like, like we all do. And he said something like, well, I've had three wives, and each have given me three children. Well, I don't really want any more kids, you know, nine's enough. He said, I've been a ladies' man all my life. I mean, I've been with umpteen girls, you know, since I started in show business. I'm happily married now. And I was thinking, yeah, well, if I was Andrew Lloyd Webber, I'd have gone ahead with it. He had the prostate taken out, and he said, I'm, I'm a ladies' man who can do nothing with a lady. That was the actual phrase well, he used. I mem memorised it, you see. You say that, Stephen, but that kind of suggests that the only thing you can do with a lady requires one part. Well, I know, I know what you're getting at, but... Without being yeah. indelicate, there are, there are other possibilities. Yeah, I know. And I do wonder whether you think, you know, is that really worth sacrificing your entire life for? Mm. I'd say yes, to be honest with you. I would, mm. I would say. Because we've all got our own priorities. I mean, think of... You know, don't take this the wrong way. I'm not, I'm not attacking you. I'm not having a go at you. But look at your life. I mean, you, you've got a marriage. You've got two daughters. You talk about them quite often. And that's a good thing. But that means a lot to you and imagine if 
that had never happened for you. You'd never got married. You're single. No man wanted you, basically. So you, you, you'd never got pregnant. I mean... I would, build, I would have built my life differently. Well, you can say that, can't you, now? But you don't know people for do, sure because pe- it's people, happened, it? people do it. Well... People do it. I've got an auntie that never got married. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but I don't know. She's had better holidays than me, I can tell you that. And also, there'll be lots of people listening who've got kids and maybe a marriage that didn't last or whatever, and they think, ah, do you know what? I wish I'd, I wish I'd prioritised myself a little bit more in life. You know, you always think the grass is greener, but you don't really know what's going on in, in my life, and I don't really know what's going on with yours. But there are, always, there are always drawbacks to everyone's decisions. But you're happy with your daughters. It comes across, it shines through every time you mention them. The, the love and the care you have for them is abundant. I, I don't have to admit you personally to know that yeah. but I, I know what, what you feel for your daughters. But I you can know, tell you that I would have felt that for any child I'd brought up, whether it had been mine biologically or not. Yeah, or you mean a, ste- or a stepchild or whatever. Yeah. A stepchild or, or an adopted child. Or a foster child. Mm. I don't. It's, it's not necessarily. It wasn't necessarily a biological imperative for me. It was just a feeling that I wanted to look after someone. Yeah, I can get that. I can. And, that. Yeah, I can understand that. Do you know? And you know, a lot of people have children, and they are disappointed because it isn't the way they thought it was going to be. Here's the here's the deal with kids. You never guarantee what you're going to get. Or who you're going to get? And some people raise a child, and then they think, "Wow, well, that I don't know how they've ended up like that. That's got nothing to, you know. It, it's not. They're not how I imagined my child would be. You don't have that kind of level of control, and it doesn't make any difference whether they're yours or not. They're individuals, which is the beauty of it, but also sometimes a bit of a bugger, if I'm honest. Yeah, no, I hear you, but but regarding the other thing, the the functioning of a male, um. And think, you see, like, Love Island's been in the news. Well, I've never been able to watch that program for obvious reasons. I mean, sheer jealousy. Right. I'm not the kind of guy that would parade on a beach and have millions of girls go, oh, yeah, look at him. I I want Stephen, Stephen. No, they would never think that. Yeah, but here's the thing, Stephen. If you watched it, you'd realise that even with all the looks, you know, and they're in the prime of their lives and they are in peak physical condition, I mean, you know, unbelievable condition. They still can't make it work sometimes. More often than not, it doesn't work out. Because mm. when it comes down to it, right, you can, have, you can go out with someone who is absolutely glorious looking. If they're boring, they're boring. You stop seeing them as being attractive if they've got nothing else to show for it. You know, for, you've got life experience. You've seen, you've seen things that, you know, so, uh, the younger Stephen hasn't seen. You know, you've got other gifts, and it's not necessarily about the packaging or the package, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you see, this was the thing, I don't want to bring up past things, but it was wrong of me in a way. It was me a few weeks ago that started that whole ball rolling with um, Ian and James Whale, because I was the one that said that, that I tried to be a donor. Do you remember? Yeah, you know? I know, I remember. Yeah, well, I mean, actually it didn't work in either case, and uh, I won't go into it because Ian's not there, it's not right for, you know, to uh, go into that conversation if he's not there to say I, I see now that that side of things is very important to you. 
And that's what made me kind of angry with him. It was wrong of me, and I'll apologise to him when he comes back. It was wrong of me to have a go at him for being an addict, because that, that's a different thing entirely. And I do get that now, and so it's wrong. But it was like a retaliation, because... Well, obviously, he didn't know my full story, and it probably sounded like I was a student larking around wanting to donate sperm to some clinic, and it, it's a bit of a laugh or something, whereas he didn't realize that actually this is actually, for me, a matter of life and death, really. You know, it's not a bit of a giggle. It's no. I think his concern was that you were doing it for yourself and your own need to um, procreate. Yeah. rather than thinking of the welfare of the people or the child that you the people you might impregnate or the child you might create that was the only concern and i think he just wanted to have a conversation with you about it yeah but i get it i get it that it's something that is um that is at the forefront of your mind and you know because i wouldn't be doing things like that otherwise i mean you know, you don't go online looking for sites like that you know it shows you the desperation i feel to think well yeah. yeah. If, if I'm not going to do it with a usual woman in a usual manner, the usual biological way, I'll have to step outside the box yeah. and think of an alternative way to do it. Yeah, I think, I think it was the fact that you weren't really interested in getting tested or anything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because you do the thing, you do your thing, and hopefully it, it works out. But in the meantime, that person is, is putting, she doesn't know you, she's putting herself at quite a lot of risk. But, although let's not have the same oh, argument. No, 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 but I'm not saying because you're a wrong or anything like that. What I'm saying is that is a very intimate exchange, if, do you know what I mean? And if you've not been tested, that's, that's risky for her. Well, you see, Catherine, the same thing could be said for like a one night stand in a bar. Someone else says, oh, hi, honey, can I buy you a drink? I mean, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But you're not trying to make a baby there. No, but you could be passing on something, couldn't you? Yeah, exactly. None of it, it doesn't mean that either of them is better than the other. I mean, as far as I know, women in bars are hoping to get picked up don't say, can I have a certificate from you, please, to show, show you a bill of no, health? No, but they might not come into contact with someone's seminal fluids. <laughs> well, Do you know what I mean? I know. I'm sorry to put it so boldly, but, that, but that's the way it is. No, I know it. I know, I know it and, was, and, it, and it wasn't meant to be a dig at you, person, and I know that you took it that way because it's obviously something that you're you're passionate about but that was the only that was the only concern really um no i mean hopefully we'll clear, clear that up but it was wrong of me there's no risk about it. it's wrong of me to bring someone's addiction into it because I'd, I'd hate for someone to have a dig at me yeah. something that was unconnected with something else if someone yeah. was i don't know having an argument about well, I can't think of something, animal cruelty or yeah. something, and he said, well, you, Stephen, want to father a child. I mean, that would be completely irrelevant yeah. to animal cruelty, wouldn't it? It's, so, that thing yeah, of, it's, it's that thing of getting personal because you want to lash out, and it's not a good look for anyone, is it? Anyway, Stephen, no. I appreciate that. Do you know what? Give us a ring next week. I'm sure Ian would uh, appreciate hearing from you. I'll speak you later, yeah. Take care. Right, take yeah. care. Thanks, Stephen. <laughs> Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I remember what I said there. If anyone has had this prostate treatment that Stephen is so concerned about, you know, is this completely outside my field of expertise? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Give us a shout because you could probably help someone out there. Late night with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand's number to ring. Neil's wrong. Hello, Neil. Hello, Neil. Hello. Hello. I hear you're a first-time caller. I, I, first time, long-time listener. Well, thanks for ringing. I haven't got anything to ding. Hang on, let me... 
sorry, that's a bit rubbish, but you, you deserve more. <laughs> Thanks for ringing, Neil. What, what brought you to yes. us? Um, do you know, I just I was listening to the all of the conversations about Caroline tonight. Yeah. Um, and of it, and your your opening was very um, that was really nice. Thank you. Um, and I think a lot of people around this country feels the same. But there's 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 always that um, d discussion about um, celebrity and everything, you know. And at the end of the day, she's she's not just a celebrity; she's a person. Mm. Um, and what she said in her, um, I'm not on Instagram, but I have nieces and nephews that are. What she said about being kind is so important yeah. to everybody. Um, and and I, I worked in social care for years. Um, and, and honestly, that's not why I initially phoned to speak. Um, but but when when I heard your opening, I just thought, yeah, that we all need to be kind to each other because it doesn't matter who we are, what we do for a living. You, and you'll um, be you'll be astounded to know, Neil, that already online there's kind of a backlash against the be kind and people scoffing at it. But oh, you know, whatever. It, but that but that do you know what the, the thing is? Like I'm 48. That's the world we live in now. Yeah. We live in a social media world. We live in a world where everyone just connects to the internet um, and has their say. You know, we never used to have that. If you wanted to have your say about someone, you wrote a letter. Yeah. Um, and who could be bothered? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it took more time. Yeah. It took more time to do that. We don't have that anymore. Um, and, I, and I see that from all my young nieces and nephews, like their whole life is online, you know. Yeah. Um, but it, it's sad though, it's sad in the sense that, you know, regardless of what anybody wants to think about Caroline Flack, she was still a, 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 a young woman, talented, absolutely talented at what she did. I loved, you know, I'm not a, a Love Island fan at all because I'm probably too old for it. Um but I loved her on Strictly. When she won Strictly, she was phenomenal. I remember seeing her on I'm a Celebrity, get out of here. She was phenomenal. I could never imagine someone else taking over her. Um, so we, I, just, I wish it was, I wish we could be better about that. But that's not why I called in tonight. Go on well. then, tell me why you rang Neil. I called in tonight because I'm from Scotland. Um, all this stuff in the... Can we speak politics? Is that okay? You can, but you, but I, if if it's uh, what's going on in Scotland, you'll have to explain some stuff to me. No, I was just. It was more the the, the fact that I, I hate this whole political thing that's going on about Scotland being divided. Mm. You know, um, when it comes to England, and it was always about Scotland and England. Even during the um, the referendum, it was always about Scotland and England. Yeah, which I which I hate. I hate because it's not about Scotland and England, you know. Wasn't that um, just like an amplification of the Brexit Remainer thing? Um, Which again, I think, was amped up I, for most part. For the most part, people cracked on with it, and um, but you know, if you if you believe what you read online, it became some people's whole personality. But it also, it was also the same, like on television. It wasn't always online. It was. It was almost like there was a divide during the um, independence referendum yeah. in Scotland and England, right. and it wasn't that at all. You know, I always think like I don't always think, but I just think that um, 
you know, if every nation in the United Kingdom was independent, that would be different. Do, do you know what I mean? In terms of? Well, like, if every nation in the United Kingdom was independent and then came together as a united nation, then um, we could help each other out. Right. So you're talking about kind of the feeling of helplessness and frustration that you get when when you're not all individual nations is what was at the root of all this? Well, I don't think we are um, recognised as... A, with the current... With not the current government, but with every government, we're never seen, we're no. never... Um, we're never helped by them. No, and you'll notice you know, that the, the um, government talk about we're going to get our country back. Which country are we talking about? Yes. Yes. So I, I get that, and it must it must be something that it leaps out at you even more if you're in Scotland or Wales or you know Northern Ireland. Well, well, the thing is though, if you if if every every um, when any kind of like international organisation look at Britain, they look at England, or they look at London mm. to be more um, specific. They look at London. They look at you know, and there's. Even in, within England, the north of the border and all that stuff, you know, they they don't get recognised as much. Um, if, if to me, if every um, nation within the UK was independent and looked after their own as such, um, but came together as a united nation when needs be, I think that would be perfect. It's a pretty picture, but of course the technicalities yeah. make it complicated, don't they? I know, I know. Well, you're absolutely right, but I just, that, that's just my, without giving it the whole, like, misworld. <laughs> Peace and harmony. Thing. I know, I know. But it, but it would be great, it would be great. And, and, and when we look at things like um, the recent events that's happened, you're like, um, you know, coming together rather than just being like that trolling... Yeah, winding you know, each other every, up. Every, every, yeah, everything's online. Everything's, um, you know, the touch of a keyboard. I'm sitting in front of my laptop. I can write whatever I want. I'm on Facebook. I can write whatever I want. Yeah. Um, there's more to it than that. Um, and, and I, sorry, my buds are going crazy. They, they sound glorious. Yeah. Shouldn't they be asleep by I know. now? No, I've got two wee budgies that are going mad. Just two? Um, I thought you had a full aviary going on there. <laughs> well, the cage, the cage is big enough for a full aviary. <laughs> uh, but do I just two of them? Um, well, they, yeah, want the, just, they want their say, Neil. They're, they're, they're getting it. <laughs> <laughs> they're actually getting it. Um, but yeah, I just, I just, I just wish it wasn't, it wasn't about two different nations, or I just wish it was like understood about any nation wanting to be better mm. or wanting to, um, you know, f feel safe, get the right things that they need, um, everything like that. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You say you've been listening for a while. How come you didn't find you just ring me up? I was always in the car. All right, okay. And the other things I didn't, it was because I, I cared for my mum for nine years. Wow, okay. And, yeah, and she had dementia, so um, she passed away last May. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, she's still with me. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. Um, but um, I never had the, 
I can't see it on radio. What, balls? I never had the uh, balls. Yeah. <laughs> you can say balls on this program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I eventually, and I eventually got an Alexa with because talk radio is not always easy to get. No, I know we're very you, exclusive, you, you, unfortunately. <laughs> but the best, but the best radio station ever. I swear to you, the best radio station well, ever. I'm glad you enjoy um, it. Thank you. And thank you for taking my call. As no, well. it's an absolute um, pleasure. Thank you for hanging in there. I know it's nerve wracking. How do you feel now? It's all virtually over. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, good. And, 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 and good on you tonight as well. Ah, thanks. Good on you tonight. Thanks very much, um, Neil. Because I hear you and Ian all, all the time, and um, so good on you. You're doing you're doing amazing. You're a good, and thanks very much, Neil. I appreciate your phone call. And those budgies, they sound glorious. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Mark, I'm coming to you. Please hang on. Late Night with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. It's me, just, just me, because uh, Ian's having a week off, but um, we'll keep his seat warm for him. And not in the way he usually does it either. I'm doing it in a much more fragrant fashion. Hello, Mark. Let's speak to Mark. Hello, Catherine. Hey, thanks for hanging on. I know you were there a while. That's all right. Um... Firstly, um, I was going to ring off anyway, but I hope Stephen's still listening. Yeah, I do too. Um, right. On one of the programmes on, well, I, I think it's easy to say, on the BBC, I think it was, they were saying about a non-invasive treatment for prostate. Um, it's sort of, it's in its early stages, but they're actually doing it. Right. Um, so it, it doesn't destroy certain functions, as to call it, being serious uh, yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Um, it's looking it up, getting a second opinion, that sort of thing. And also, it was like a call, what was it, last week, I think it was, um, when people are looking up, say, it, it, it was something to do with the muscles or the joints, um, someone had got a condition. And it's looking across the world, not just the user groups in this country, but looking across the world at things. So, for instance, say with MS, um, what is it? Um, say in Canada, they were using medical cannabis long before this country was. Right. I remember years ago, um, this is about 30 years ago, a girl had got MS and uh, certain people had suggested uh, about using cannabis just a little bit and all this lot and she would go no 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 and i saw her some weeks later and she was so angry in a nice way because she'd gained some cannabis as to call it just had a little bit and it stopped the pain mm-hmm. it stopped it and she was just so angry that she hadn't done it before but it's the same with the prostate thing and cancers and stuff like that, the, the medical cannabis, but I'm not being an advocate directly for well, it. But there it, are, it can't cure cancer, can it? You Be careful with well, that. Well, there have been things where it's it's given it a good kicking, as to call it, All right, at the minimum. It might have so alleviated some of the symptoms, but it can't, you know. Chemotherapy particularly, it can, can assist the medical CBD stuff. Right, okay. But it's, it's just looking across the world, whatever the condition is, different countries are at different stages or someone's sort of found a different way of doing things or whatever else mm. which sort of takes me on to your little one yeah, it was on. sort of um yes move um as i said ages ago i'm a professional interior designer that's qualification that i got in 2004 but it was more the icing on the cake for a whole load of other things that i've been doing like the building work and the, you know my, my area is more woodwork and that sort of thing right. making things and all yeah. that lot but i was always into design from a kid but is yes, get them into two rooms. Is uh, and it's being straight, right? 
that is, is there a form of, not bullying exactly, but pressure from the older one on the younger one, and is that why the little ones... Oh, God, you don't um, know my kids. It's probably the other way round. Well, I'm just saying, you know, it might appear that way. I'm just saying openly on it. It's looking at it from an outside point of view. Yeah. But is... Is, is little and putting all their stuff on, on their bed because that's, you know, the, the other one's, the one's <laughs> rolling the one, that, the other one's rolling the other, and yeah, it's a whole havoc. Right? Nah. But if you do split them up on the rooms, yeah. it's certainly in the early stages, it's each, each room is for that, that child only. Yeah, exactly. The other child not to go in it so they respect their space. Mm. But the other thing was with Litlin in the sleepwalking, it's just a thought and it's not invasive, is do you keep a food diary? Mm, no, but I know what she's eating because obviously mostly it's it's. But I have been mentally kind of working out what it is. I don't think milk helps, so we've we've cut down on that. Write it, write it down. Everything yeah. she eats, drinks. It could be something like artificial sweetener. Obviously, mm. the food colours and all that sort of thing. It could be just something. Yeah. Um, it's like caffeine keeps people awake, as to say. But there's more caffeine in tea than there is in coffee, apparently, yeah. uh, whatever it is. It, it could be just something so silly. It's just, you know, it can... It, it, it's not going to help. Obviously, computer screens, as we know, you know, the blue light keeps us awake. Yeah. You know, it's just little things like that. Yeah, the computer um, thing might be, a, it might be a factor in the sleepwalking last night, that's for sure. Because well, obviously we're trying to keep her out of the way of the builders, so we're keeping them quiet with computers perhaps longer than oh, we would normally. Help. No, I know. No, But it's, it's just noting everything down and then when the, the sleepwalking happens. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. actually see if you can build up a pattern if there's one thing causes the other. Yeah, it's always like weekends. About the build. Go on. It's always weekends. It's always weekends and it's always, it's always a break in routine where she's, like uh, Annie said earlier on, overtiredness. I think that that's possibly a factor. But yeah, some, uh, going, some going good suggestions. Going on to the builders, yeah. if I may. Go Sorry. On, please. <laughs> please. Right, professional interior designer, project management. People think with the television programmes they can be a project manager. And... Yes, costs and all that lot, mm. but it's contracts. It's mm. literally, you know, a solicitor or something, certainly a solicitor, and you draw up a contract, especially when it's, say, a major piece of work like a bathroom or anything like that, where it's going to involve at least a thousand quid. Mm. It's, it's, you know, you're going to have this done by this date, and if you haven't done it by this date, then there's a little allowance and then there's a penalty. Yeah, do you know what? I think once no, Britain, bang, twice bang, bang. shy. It's a business. Yeah, and this is, this is the first kind of work I've had done on the house like this and we're getting the extension done so we can put the kid in, the other kid in the uh, bigger bedroom. Um, I think, well, yeah, once Britain, twice shy, we're going to have to get something written down because this has all been... It started out all friendly <clears throat> and yeah. uh, unfortunately someone's taken advantage, I fear. Is someone is there someone in question doing jobs somewhere else? I mean, there must be because they said they were going to do our job in a, a week and a half, and now it's week four. So I can't believe they had a completely free diary for a month. Yeah, but I'm, I'm raising the questions, and it's also for people listening. Yeah. It's, it's a business. You, yeah. It's a business transaction, and the, at the end of the day, did you, um, for instance, did you check about their insurances? Y yes, we did. We did all that stuff. Okay, that's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Did you get, you know, did you get sort of. I'd call it references, or, or more to the effect well, is, was we, it recommended we, by a friend? We got them off one like of that? these, um, let, me re let me phrase it so that it's not obvious which website it okay. was, but trustworthypeople.co.uk or something like that. 
Yeah. It was one of those. It was one of those. And, and you know, the first person that we had from that website, well, a different website. It was a, it was the kind of rival website to that one. The first person we had from that came over, measured up, told us what to buy, and we never heard from them again. Well, we it's, like with, it's like when I was doing my design course, right? They were saying about me supply the stuff and put a percentage on, on what you supply. Yeah. And it was like, no, I charge an hourly rate and then I can buy what I, well, well, the client will buy what I suggest. Yes. It's up to them because there's two reasons for this. One is I don't like this percentage system, but I can suggest, say, a fridge, and I can think of one particular one, that uses a lot less power, it's a lot cheaper, and it's the ideal thing for most people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But the thing is, I'm going to make less money on it than the more expensive thing. Sure. But also, if you, as the client, are buying it, you've got your direct guarantee going to and from, and all, all the sort of backup and anything like that. Yeah. If it's, you know, your consumer rights. It gets complicated if it's coming via me. Yeah, because you've got to assume that within, what, five years, you'll still be contactable on that number that you've given them or whatever, and it might not be well, through legal, any... Legally, you've got six. Yeah. In, under consumer law. Right. You know what I mean? And it's, it, you know, in the first, what is it? Yeah, but there's, a, but there's no, also, the you, there's also your statutory rights. If you've paid, I don't know how much fridges are these days, if you've paid a, a couple of grand for a top-of-the-range fridge, then you should be able to be entitled to an expectation of quality for more than five years. Yes. Under your statutory rights. On the other rights. hand, you know, you can get, a, whether it's a washing machine or a fridge, for a couple of hundred quid yeah. and it'll be a very, very good product. It will do, but you don't expect it to last for 15 years. Uh, you'd be surprised. No, but you don't expect it, though, is what I'm saying to you. I used to work yeah, on a consumer programme for the BBC, the... so I know about chasing these people up. And when you yeah. ring them up and they say, oh, you need to speak to the manufacturer, no, my contract with no. you. No, yes. My contract with you. You've got it. You. Oh, yeah. But that was saying about those things. Um, there was something else I was going to say about it. I can't remember what it was immediately. But it was sort of the general, oh yeah, and it's a serious thing again. Okay, this lady that committed suicide. Mm. Um, okay, I do various voluntary work and various other bits and pieces that I'm up to. But it's, and there's one thing that's relatively serious, not connected by any means, but is with a council not doing their statutory duties and stuff like that. And they really don't like me. They really, really don't like me for it. But it's, and I wish I could find um, someone in the media to take the story on, but I haven't been able to. But it's... Um, Have you tried your local BBC station? Yeah. No good. Mm. Put it that way. Okay. Um, local paper? Certain, same attitude. Mm. And they are with a lot of local things, if we call it that. Right, okay. It's sort of north of where you're from. Yeah. Uh, where you were broadcasting from, if I you get what I mean. I can but see, you're not allowed to comment. I can see where you're phoning <laughs> from. I can see where you're phoning from. Um, it's it's different attitudes, different areas, yeah. and just quick things. While I was saying about it, but you were saying about you know, now I'm going bouncing all over the place. That's all right. um, just quickly uh, before I was going to go into what I was saying, while I thought of it, is you saying about your accent and doing storybooks? Yes, mm. do it. But the thing is, have you tried the area where your accent's from for people reading the books? Because if you're trying in say London as for instance, they're going to be looking for their generic accent. No, they're not. Whereas if, if, if some, someone <laughs> in Manchester... No, they're not. It, 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 the, no, that's, I, not, that's not I, the way it works, I, Mark. If, if someone's... It's, say, I'm from Stratford-upon-Avon, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a book called The Dylan. And then there's a book called Mary After the Queen. Yeah. And they were written in... Ooh, 
were written related to about the 1940s or something like that, because my parents stroke grandparents are mentioned in it. Right. And it's actually, they're actually written in the dialect of Stratford-upon-Avon. Oh, yeah, but that's a very specific example. But for the most part, if you're trying to get voiceover work, they'll want a character voice. So they'll want someone that's recognisable. So they'll use the fella uh, Martin Sheen, or they'll use you know they'll they'll use an actor that's got. Mm. A, uh, yeah, it's true, Mark. But that's 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 the thing is that's the problem with the media, or whether it's films or whatever else. They're always using the same famous person yeah. and all that. Lot. There's a reason for that because it sells. People want that. Does it? Yeah, it does. Unfortunately. But going back to the serious stuff, sorry, it's. The thing is, there are suicides happening every every day, right? Uh, The pressures of people, say, signing on. They're completely forgotten about. And if they get sanctioned, uh, they're basically said, you've got no money for either three months, six months, or three years. It's just complete destitution, and the media's just forget about that. You know what I mean? It's sort of this highlighting, yes, it's a serious thing, that the media hasn't looked after this lady. But at the same well, time, no, that, there that, are... that's a guess. That's a guess, and it's probably more complicated than that, Mark. But you know, it doesn't need yeah, to be one or the other. And actually, people do end up in the papers for that. I wish it, no one ended up in the papers for that. But there no. are regular Joes and Josephines, unfortunately, that fall prey to that too. And uh, it's all a tragedy. I know. Mark, so it was thank- just sort of remembering them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think remembering one person doesn't mean you're ignoring the rest. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Do you know what I mean? <sighs> I don't really want to get in, you know, into the kind of who's got it worse, but you know, everybody's problems are important to that person. It doesn't and it doesn't matter whether you are a multimillionaire, someone with a great bod, someone with a lovely, um, apparently from the outside, lovely family life. If you can't go on anymore, that's the, that's that's the beginning and end of the conversation for you. Um, and I, I wish it wasn't that way for people. I, and I'm sure we all do. I mean, that sounds such a facile thing to do. But, you know, there are plenty of people who are struggling, and I get that. I really get that. And for everyone, the Samaritans are brilliant. Okay, let me give you that number. And I know you've heard it a lot recently, but there might be someone listening who needs to hear it now. And it's 116123. It's free. They cannot put the phone down on you. You don't have to talk to them. They'll just keep you company in silence if necessary. They've heard everything, they are unshockable, and they are just wonderful, wonderful people. We're so lucky to have them. That's the Samaritans. They're on 116123, 116123, and I can tell you at least three of my friends wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the Samaritans and what they do. And I know we do have some volunteers listening, so thank you. You don't get thanked enough. Thank you very much for all you do. 116123 for the Samaritans. It's been a heavy, heavy weekend, and I know that, uh, you know, Unfortunately, for a lot of people, it's um, it's a real problem feeling like you don't have someone to talk to. You do. 116123. Um, you can also talk to me. 03444991000. I mean, obviously, they're the best place for the heavy stuff. But if it's... I can take a certain amount of heavy. 03444991000. We can also do the light stuff. The rules are on this programme... Talk about whatever you feel you want to at this point of the night. We're the people that pick up the phone when uh, there's no one else to listen to your ramblings, to your musings, to your stories. We can laugh, we can cry, we're just in it together. All right? 0344 499 1000, you're listening to Talk Radio, and I'm Catherine Boyle. Late Night with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio.
the sound of uh, my 1995-ish. I was obsessed with that album, Eddie Reader. Absolutely obsessed with it, loved it. She's got that kind of lilting, Celtic-y flair to her voice. Oh, I was thinking about it today when Robin Ince mentioned Dubstar. That was another one that was played from my uh, student bedroom again. I mean, it's probably dated quite a bit now, but I loved that as well. And that never got... Do you remember Dubstar, Paul? Hang on, she's not. he's not there. Hang on, hang on. This is the thing about Paul. You've got to treat him carefully. Hello, Paul. Hiya, Catherine. How are you doing? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you now. I didn't put you in the right box. Do you, <laughs> me- do you remember Dubstar? No, not really. Oh, this is the problem. They were great. They were kind of like St Etienne, but different. Right. And not as, not as I would suggest, carefully, I would suggest, not quite as cool <laughs> as St Etienne. Anyway, carefully. I'm glad you've rung me up. Yeah, hello, um, Paul, in Carefully, which is why I keep saying carefully, because it's in my head now. How are you doing? I'm okay. Yeah, good, good. Um, I've, I've, I've come to make a case um, of, of an argument, if I could. Go on. This is not like you. I know. I know. It's not as a, I'm going to be really, really contentious here, okay? Oh, God, here we go. The beautiful South are better than you think. No, 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 no. The beautiful yeah. South, uh, like skydiving, is filed under not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. Do you know what? It's what I should like because they're clever, they're sassy, they're witty, um, you know, there's some thought, there's proper musicians and everything. I just can't be doing with it. It's just... Do you know what it feels like? It's like, I like the Divine Comedy because they're all those things, but not smug. Yeah, I know what you mean. And that's probably really unfair. And of course, I would never tweet that. And I certainly would not at the minute. But just not for me. It's just the impression I've had of the beautiful South. Although I was at a party once and Paul Heaton was there and he sang Caravan of Love. Oh, my word. I know, it was quite good. That's awesome. Admittedly, it was quite good. I, I'm guessing this was like pre-mobile phone. Oh yeah, it was ages ago. It was <laughs> ages ago. Well, it must have been about two thousand and one. Oh, see, this that's, that's what it's about. I um I met one of my heroes a long time ago before a camera phone as well. I met uh, Steve Craddock from Ocean Colour Scene. Oh yeah, that's another one I found a little bit. Mm-mm. Oh, that, the reason I started playing guitar was Steve Craddock. He's just yeah, an absolute hero of mine. So what was the what was the big hit for Ocean Colour Scene? Oh, lots of Riverboat song was a massive one. Uh, you know why I didn't like it? Because my sister liked it. <laughs> we grew up from some very severe rules, and she liked something I couldn't like it, apparently. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, I, I'm the youngest of three, and my, my uh, elder brother and my elder sister are, like, seven and ten years younger than, uh, older than me. So, um, yeah, I remember they had a had a fuss over, I think, one, like, New Kids on the Block. Um New, God, kids. Back, New Kids on the Block I tried to like, but I ended up giving my tape of uh, the album that included the right stuff. I gave it to my French pen friend. I was like, ah, I can't be doing with this. And I never used to do that because I used to have these tapes and I would guard them jealously. I would look after them so well. If they ever broke, I would mend them, you know, pencil, sellotape, that whole thing. But New Kids on the Block, I bought it because I wanted to like it because everyone else did and I just couldn't. Well, I hear you and Ian talking the other day about um, about like keeping CDs, and he was worried about like putting you know putting them away in the garage and so on. Yeah, but yeah, I I did the same to mine years ago, and I really regret it. I've got like a, about a, a carrier bag full somewhere in you know in the, the loft. Yeah, that's all I kept. I'm gutted. I I, I really am because I could, I would buy a CD player now. You know, I've got a um, a record player and LP player stuff, and oh, I'd I'd love to get. 
back into my CDs. But, but would you still want the same CDs you had back then? There'll be some that you're sick of, surely. Well, I, I don't mind the like the records I've bought. I've you know I've got on every single format that possibly ever has been, I suppose. Did you ever get mini discs? Yeah, I, <laughs> remember those bad boys? Yeah. They were supposed to be the future. <laughs> Honest to God, I loved my. I had a mini disc in the car, and I had. Did you? My, yeah, Blimey. I loved it. Absolutely love. I had a mini disc player. That was for my first uh, journalism job. We'd been told that we would never need to use the taped tapes ever, ever, ever. And so our journalism college, like, had all these mini disc players that they'd modified so we could use them as, you know, to, for broadcast quality stuff. And we started out using that. And then when I went to work for the BBC, like two years later, they were still on tape to tape, carting these big things around, you know, with great big spools on. Incredible. I, I think, you know, with, with big sort of corporations and things like that, I think what happens, I think the NHS still uses like Windows 95 or something. I've heard that rumour. Like, I've yeah, heard that rumour. Like and, and they use fax machines. Yeah. I, th I think the BBC I was working at was still using a fax well into the 2000s. I still remember that. I still remember waiting for the, what would they call them, rip and reads to come through and that would be on the fax machine and you'd get those sent through from London and you knew it was coming and you're waiting to do your bulletin and you're thinking they're cutting it very, very fine. I need these rip and reads because you'd rip it off and read it. There we go, like an old dot matrix sort of... Absolutely, like the, in fact, not like it, that, that. that. And then we used to use carts for the clips... And then when you'd finished at the end of the day, you had to like stick them all over a magnet and get rid of them all and use them all. They were ancient. They were ancient, ancient things. And we were using those well into, I mean, it must have been, I reckon probably about 2006 we were still using them. I thought it was a lot to be said for though, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, re retro's always popular, no matter what generation. <laughs> harking back to the past. It's so I true. Moment, God, this, this is too much permanence everything you have is filmed and, and, and i saw um as it happens i saw a video of, of um uh lewis capaldi coming on stage with james bay and singing um seeing what james bay songs and everybody in that crowd just held up the mobile phone i know uh, I have to stop myself doing that. I must admit, when my kids were really little, I, I would film them a lot. I had a flip video. Do you remember those? They were brilliant, right? This was before mobile phones had really good cameras on them. And right. this flip video would be like the size of a mobile phone, a bricky one. But yeah. you would be able to press an, a little switch at the side and this kind of... Um, what would you call it? You could stick it in the side of your computer. What do you call it? Those kind of little arm, uh, uh, like a like a memory stick type thing stuck yeah, to the side yeah. of it. So you could plug it directly into your computer. It was brilliant. But then I kind of realised that I was seeing my kids growing up through a screen the whole time. All the time. And you need to be in the moment sometimes. I think, I think so, completely. It's, uh, but it's a conscious effort needs to be made. I'm really worried about, you know, after all, all that's happened this weekend and there's been a lot of talk about trolling and the way we are with each other online and all that sort of stuff, I'm really worried about my eldest and the fact that she's so desperate for a phone now that it's going to be this year, maybe next year, she's, uh, she'll finally get one. Well, and uh, then I, it's I, kind I, of the Wild West out there, isn't it? I was going to mention that because my, my little boy is only six um, and... And I gave him a mobile phone last week, um, but no SIM card in it or anything. It's just he loves just to record like videos of himself playing, you know, playing Lego and making stories. Yeah. And he and he narrates the stories as he's going. So he loves it. So he's um, yeah. So we we changed our phones, and we obviously we had one left from the the upgrade. So I've bought a lovely uh, Pikachu 
um, case for it, the rubber case, and he and he's only got like a certain amount of time. He's allowed on it every day, and it switches itself off there, yeah. which is great. But yeah, he he has it for for a few things like that. He's got like some some um, Welsh learning apps that he does in school and things as well. Those are on there. Oh, that's all right. Ah, I meant to pick your brains actually. You know, we're coming to um, Cardiff with a rabbit hole. Yeah. I would love to be able to do a, a little bit in Welsh. Cool. So, um, could you? Could you record some bits for me? Yeah, no problem. And email. There's a really, really good app. I was like, yeah, that, that, anyway. that's what would be handy. Um, the app is called Say Something in Welsh. Uh-huh. Superb. It's really good. They've been doing a programme online for a long time, and it's, you know, it's promoted by lots of um, people, in, obviously, uh, Welsh speakers in Wales, and people like uh, Leanne Wood was a big um, advocate for it. She was the leader of Plaid Cymru. Yeah. Um, before, before now, uh, yeah, and it's really good to say something in Welsh, and you can you can be speaking Welsh within literally three or four minutes. All right, I'll have a little go with that because I just feel like I want to make an effort and show Ian up. So let's, <laughs> let's do it. I was thinking it might be quite handy to do that. All right, good. And while he's not here, he will never know that the secret is uh, is that app. I'll have a look. Thanks, Paul. Any 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 joy on the blue tick? No. I'm never going to get a blue tick. I'm never going to get a voiceover agent or a blue tick. And do you know what? Maybe maybe that's just not life's plan for me. Me, Jeff Goldblum, he's not got a blue tick. There are other, no, there are other famous people who haven't got a blue tick. Mike McCartney has not got a blue tick. A, f- a friend of mine who I was in school with had, um, had a blue tick. I know. It's enraging, isn't it? Well, you know, he kind of deserves it. He does a really good mental health podcast, actually, does oh, Okay, we'll begrudge him that then. But there yeah. are some people I know who have obviously pulled a fast one to get a blue tick. Yeah. Yeah, like that uh, Zay-Zay. <laughs> <laughs> Zay-Zay's turned out a hit for the ages. What are you talking about? Well, you know, <laughs> 100 followers. Well, you've got to start somewhere. Yeah. And he started with, also sexy on mama. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I'm going to leave you to it. <laughs> Thanks very much. Leave really me to an empty switchboard. <laughs> Thanks oh, very much. There. Oh, there's no one here. There's no one here. That's all right. Well, maybe we just want some quiet time. It's all good. Thanks for ringing, Paul. You've been well, my pleasure. Nice to talk to you. 0344 499 1000 if you want to break the forthcoming silence. Late Night with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Just talking about finally jumping on a bandwagon that has been rolling for quite a while. I think they're already on season two. Um, Russian Doll on Netflix. Have you seen it? It's incredible. It is incredible, right? It's Natasha Leon, um, and I think it was written by her and Amy Poehler, um, who you'll know if you watch SNL. Um, they're just brilliant. It's just brilliant. It's written um, so well. It's naughty. It's an, I think it's an 18 certificate, but it's brilliant. It's kind of, no, if I say it's like the good place, but, um, gritty, it's not even like the good place, but it's that kind of vibe. Okay. So someone, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Just have a go. And what happened with me yesterday was I was thinking, oh, I want, I want to start something new. I tried that you, uh, you that everyone's talking about, about this kind of devilishly handsome stalker couldn't get into it. I didn't like any of them. You know, when you just don't 
don't really sympathise with any of them, so you can't get involved. I've, I think I watched three and then thought, ah, I don't think I can commit to this. Russian Doll, I started yesterday evening, and I'm already on the seventh episode. And I'm actually thinking when I get back, I'll probably watch a little bit of one as well. Just brilliant. Funny, without being slapstick. Um, gritty, thoughtful, really well written. I just absolutely loved it. So yeah, have a look on that if you're thinking of starting something new on Netflix. And if you don't like it, don't at me, because I don't care. Everyone can like what they like. But um, I particularly enjoyed that one, and I'm not the only one. I think it got loads of awards and stuff, it turns out. But I'm not reading anything about it, because I kind of went in completely blind, and um, and I've not been disappointed. It was so good. Uh, 03444991000, if you want to give me a ring. I've also got a story here about, you know, we're talking with Paul about kind of these obsolete formats, although some of these are coming back. This woman... I read about online, has been reunited with a mixtape that she lost on holiday 25 years ago. So you can only imagine what was on it. Yeah, you guessed it. Uh, Pet Shop Boys, Bob Marley and Shaggy. She took it with her when she was 12 on holiday to the Costa Brava and Mallorca. That was back in 1993. Her name is Stella Waddell. Uh, but during the holiday to Stockholm last year, she was stunned to spot the mixtape, along with a list of the 20 songs she'd recorded on it on display at a photography exhibition. It's incredible, isn't it? Apparently it had washed up on a beach in Fuerteventura in 2017 and was recovered by the UK artist Mandy Barker. Barker sent the tape to a professional audio restorer who managed to listen to all the tracks. It still worked, right? It's been in the sea. And it was included in her touring exhibition, Sea of Artifacts. When I was reading the track list, it seemed really familiar to me, Miss Waddell said. So I took a picture of it and I compared it with the original CD from 1993, which I still have. And it was exactly the same track list, but starting with track three. I remember that I didn't like the first two songs on the CD because I felt they were too old, so I wouldn't have included them when I recorded the mixtape, age 12. I also have an association with the Jungle Book song, and this was always the third track. This is crazy, isn't it? I always made tapes from my CDs at this time to listen to them with my Walkman, especially for holidays. We all did, child, we all did. And to think that the tape I could have lost more than 20 years ago has been found was incredible. Miss Waddell, who lives in Berlin, had been on holiday in the Costa Brava resort of Emporia Brava and on the island of Mallorca when she lost the tape. It washed up on the beach at Playa de Barlovento de Jandia in Fuerteventura in 2017 and was collected by Barker, who's been examining the issue of plastic pollution in the oceans for around a decade. She initially doubted it would play, but after drying out on her windowsill for 18 months, I mean, that's dedication. She was able to listen to all the tracks after sending it to the audio restorer and decided to include it in her exhibition. Well, that's magic. Barker, whose work has been exhibited across the world, said even after getting the tape to play, it was then an astounding chance for Stella to walk into my exhibition and recognise her tape. She said she was shocked to find it, and when I read her email, I couldn't believe it either. It was shock all round. The songs at the start were damaged, but further in, the songs were as clear as they would be today. It shows how long plastic can exist in the sea, she added, bringing us down to earth again. This is the whole point of it. The tape will continue touring as part of Barker's exhibition, but will be returned to Miss Waddell afterwards. Here's the track list. Somebody Dance With Me, The Radio Mix, DJ Bobo. I'm not familiar with that one, are you? DJ Bobo. <laughs> Hang on, we need to hear these. Somebody. This is going to be beautiful. Remember, this is from a 90s 12-year-old. Somebody Dance With Me. Okay. Here we go. Let's. Oh, it looks great. It looks great. 
It's, they look exactly as you'd think. There's a lot of kind of long hair and um, baseball jackets. Here we go. Oh, there's an advert. Right, here we go. Skip ad. Yes, please. Oh, I, yeah, I remember. I mean, this sounds like the 90s, basically. It could be anything. I mean, you would take this to Fuerteventura in 1993, wouldn't you? All right, I think we get the idea with that. <laughs> right, let's see what else she's got. Let's see what else she's got. Would I Lie to You, Charles and Eddie? A classic. A classic. The Jungle Book Groove Disney cast just shows, right, she thought she was cool and everything, but she was still a baby at 12. Rock With You in a Circle. Weren't they like some sort of, weren't they reggae in a circle? Didn't they, I Want to Make You Sweat? Hang on, let's have a look. Rock with you in a in a circle. Yes, I can see. This is gonna have a reggae vibe. I mean, again, this is holidays, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Let's see what else she's got. Uh, do you see the light snap? One Love, the radio version, Dr. Alban. I mean, he was very big in the 90s. More and more, Captain Hollywood project. Oh, Carolina, radio version, Shaggy. The key, the secret, of course, the Urban Cookie Collective. And if you're interested, it was the glamorously developed edit. Uh, it keeps raining tears from my eyes, Bitty McLean. Summer, summer, radio edit, lost. I don't know that one. Do you know that one? Let's have a look. Summer, summer, lost, loft. Here we go. <laughs> you can smell the suntan lotion, can't you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is a, an unusual application for the pan pipes, but. Yeah, that's called Summer, Summer, Summer. You wouldn't believe it, would you? <laughs> what else have we got? Never Let Us Slip Away, Undercover. The Power of American Natives Dance to Trance. Go on, let's just do that one. Let's go. This wasn't the sort of music I was into. I was purely, um, probably crowded house at this point, but some of these do ring bells. Hello. It's an offer from China. What's this for? Probably something... There we go. Again, there's a bit of pan pipage. Okay, yeah, we, yeah, we get it, we get it. What else did she have? Uh, Iron Lion Zion, Bob, Bob Marley and the Wailers, Sweet Harmony, The Beloved. Oh, I remember that one. That was the, let's come together. You remember that one?
give it up, cut and move, go west, pet shop boys, runaway train, so, oh, she's taking the pace down now. Runaway train, soul asylum, I can't help falling in love with you, you be 40. And finishing off with the absolute banger that is Mr. Vane Culture Beat. Well, thank goodness that was retrieved from the ocean. Otherwise, <laughs> that could have been lost forever, imagine. Let's have a quick word with Damo. Hi, Damo. Hey, Catherine, how you doing? I'm all right, thank you. I was just reminiscing about how wonderful it would have been to be 12 and have my own mixtape on holiday and all that stuff. But do you know what I used to do? Um, I was born in 1976. Okay. So what we used to do is we'd press record on our tape player when, when like, the top 40 were on once a week, you know yeah. what I mean? And we record all our favourite tunes. Did you used to do that? I did. I was born the year after you, and the yeah. modus operandi was very much the same for quite a long time. Yeah. And you'd try and make sure that you got... Before the you DJ started talking. DJ. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was great. Oh, it's probably illegal. We it's totally have... illegal. Apparently we were killing live music with home taping. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we killed it. I think it's been killed by uh, yeah. streaming. But the 90s was great. I loved all the old house music and all the trance that came out in the late 90s. I loved all that. I've still got loads of it, like Gatecrasher and cream and you know I'll, i remember those cd compilations i listen to them all the time man i was never cool enough for that stuff i, I used to have the shines compilations they were the indie ones oh that's lovely stuff yeah trance the indian yeah take take your mind to another galaxy yeah yeah i also had um moods that was a tape with uh, enigma on it return to innocence oh yeah wonderful yeah <laughs> it wasn't wonderful a lot of it was bloody awful <laughs> oh, no no i think it's brilliant those were the times we just smoked too much wow cigarettes. yeah <laughs> anyway question for you go on cottage pie or shepherd's pie well it depends what meat's in it well you know what meat's in it well it's either beef and it's cottage, shepherds, obviously, is you, you, your sheep. Yeah. But yeah, what would I prefer? Cottage. Yeah. But I had me a cottage pie tonight and it was delicious. Do you know what? I could tell there was a certain amount of glee in your voice that could only have been brought about by a lot of mince with some uh, mashed potato on top. Yeah, it was lovely. And I had it with some really nice sweet corn, some, you know... Man. Green giant sweet corn. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was only one of those ready meals that you whack in the oven. Listen, if you're ready for it, if you're hungry enough, those things taste amazing. Yeah, it was delightful. And it says 35 minutes in the oven on the packet. No, leave it in there for an hour. Oh, my. Get it, get it nice and well done, you know. Damo, sounds like you're living the dream. Oh, I'm trying to. <laughs> no, but that's the first thing I've eaten since Friday. Is it? Seriously. How yeah. come? How come? Yeah, I've just been feeling ruffled. I think I, think I had that weird flu thing. Oh, but got no, it. no, no, no. I, I haven't. I haven't. No, but I I was, what was it? Not this weekend, the weekend before I went to bed at like something like five o'clock, before the kids on a Saturday oh. night and woke up at three on the Sunday. I was just completely flattened. Yeah. Just when, a bad cold, really. Yeah, when you're absolutely KO'd, all you want to do is. Snuggle up yep. in a ball under your duvet and, and just let it all go. Yeah, and you don't fancy eating anything because you're just full of snot. Yeah, exactly. Just try and sleep it off. Glamorous life, innit, Damon? Yeah. Oh, hey ho. Are you feeling That's better? Life. Yeah, I'm much better now I've eaten. Good. Good. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's not until you eat that you realise how hungry you were. Exactly. But the worst thing is, if you haven't eaten for a couple of days, 
your body just doesn't want to yeah, eat. Yeah, you get. Yeah, I know what you mean. The thought of eating makes you want to reach. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then you've got to do what your gran always says and just try a little bit and see how you get on. Just have a little bit of soup, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're feeling better, Damo. Thank you, darling. Thank- All right. Thanks for ringing. All right, bye. Bye. Oh, Ellie's on the phone. Hello, Ellie. Hi, hi, Catherine. How are you doing? I'm, uh, I'm all right, thank you. Um, I was ringing because I just heard you mention voiceover artist. Oh, yeah. And I could give you a name, Paul Bridge. Right. Paul Bridge, he's, you could Google him, he's on Facebook and all that, but he runs his own company where he's, all his clients are for um, voiceover work. Oh, right, okay. He's, he's a voiceover artist. Right, I think I know Paul that name. Bridge. I know that name. Hang on, let's have a look. I don't know what his company's called, but... Paul Bridge, voiceover actor. He also wrote the voiceover handbook. Hmm, all right. Quite a technical book about all the ins and outs of doing voiceover work. Excellent. I mean, he... Uh, last active 10 years ago I was going to say he looks very young on this website that I'm looking at now but obviously he will have aged somewhat since then well he's in he's about 35 alright okay alright well thank well, you I for think that he still does it anyway so you might want to try and get hold of him I might I have a little surge of enthusiasm for that now and again but it's kind of you know it's like applying for a new job and you think can I deal with the lack of interest? I sent about six off a couple of weeks ago and I had one reply back saying, no, not for, you know, we're, not, we're not hiring at the moment. But the rest yeah. just didn't bother. Yeah. Yeah, so I have he to be in the right headspace. Pardon? He could put you on his book. Well, that would, be, that would be wonderful. But unfortunately, I don't know if, whether anyone's hiring at the moment or maybe it's just me. But no, it's, it's worth a crack now and again. Thanks, Ellie. That's really helpful of you. Thanks. Okay, see you, Kath. Take care. Bye-bye. Oh just came on to offer some help let's have a word with daniel hello daniel is that me it's you hi hi kath how you doing i'm all right daniel nice to hear from you yeah very well uh listen can i ask you a question are you the excuse when the builder goes to someone else are you the grandmother sort of thing that he's excused <laughs> from oh i've got because i think my father has died about three times oh really yeah i i am uh <clears throat> a subcontractor and I have used that excuse Daniel you're part of the problem I know I know I I do apologise for that what's the score though I mean what do I do because it's obviously now at this point I thought we've had every excuse apart from his nan getting ill and then this weekend we had that one and I thought this is quite it's obvious now isn't it his grand's going to die probably next well, week. Well, I was going to say, there is one final recourse for him if he doesn't want to come yeah. in tomorrow. I don't want And then, of course, he'll... Well, you know what? Um, I, don't, I don't really know. I don't really know with builders, to be honest. Um, I've had my own problems with them. But can I ask you uh, a question? Yeah. Uh, going away from building, if yeah. I may. Yes. Have, do you have, in your musical canon, a song or a band or an album that you think, that really shouldn't be in there, but I really like it? Oh, God, so many. Um, Hadaway, I Miss You, was in there. I had that on CD single. I've not got rid of that yet. There must be a reason. Okay. There's but so many. And then you think, actually, I still like that. I, yeah. I can't really get rid of it, but you still kind of like it. I was very into John Cicada for a long time. That was unfashionable. Oh, 
<laughs> I was never really worried about what other people might think because I knew that, that I knew exactly what they would think. They would think, uh, you know, yeah. I had terrible taste. But you know, it's yeah, what brings you joy, I, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Can I tell you why? I moved. I moved house recently, and uh, I've got this big box of CDs, which I'm trying to put onto my computer to get rid of all the CDs or the rest of it. And I found a a track or a CD single which I really like. Can, would, would you can I, would you dare me to say what it is? Do it. It's Gretchen Wilson, Redneck Woman. Oh, that rings a bell. There is no reason why I should like this on the whole of this planet, but I kind of like it, okay. and I don't know whether to keep it or not. Let's have a listen, and we'll decide. In fact, what we'll do is we'll put it out to the public, whoever's still okay. awake. Yeah, that'd be good. I mean, all these sleep-deprived people, but the absolute prime um, judges of this kind of stuff. Gretchen Wilson. Yeah. And it was called Redneck Woman. Yeah, it's a good song. All right, that's it. Let's hear it. Uh, Redneck Woman with the lyrics. Do we want with the lyrics? I don't think it makes any difference. Oh, here she is. This was ten years ago. Yeah, I think so. All right, here we go. Hang on, we've got an advert. Let's leave that down for a second. Right, here we go. Oh, keep it. <laughs> really? Oh, this is totally my flavour. Oh, I remember the chorus to this now. Yeah. Redneck. It doesn't go like that. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a black metal fan. I don't really like this sort of stuff at all. <laughs> Listen, this stuff has to come out somewhere. <laughs> okay. It caught me. It just caught me. I've got to keep I've got to keep it. <laughs> Let's have a listen. Here comes the chorus. Here we go. This is great. This is great. We're not throwing this out to the public. I think it's a keeper, isn't it, would you say? It totally is. It totally is. Have you heard um, Next Time He Cheats? I think you'd like this one as well. I'm, not no, that I want to... It's not by her, but let's say... What's it called? Who does it? It's so good. He'll, yeah, here we go. Next Time He'll Think Before He Cheats. It's just wonderful. I mean, All obviously, right. it's not going to... It gives some advice in it which would not help you in a court of law, but... Oh, okay. <laughs> right, here we go. Okay. It's a similar vibe. Have you heard this one? This isn't your thing, is no, it? No, I'm afraid I haven't. Here we go. Oh, I could love it. I could like this very much. Wait yeah, till yeah. she gets to the chorus. It's just... It's Carrie Underwood. She's got a baseball bat. You know what's going to happen. Here we go. I like that She's trashing his car. Okay, that's criminal damage. Yeah, like that. Can I ask you one more thing before I go? <laughs> yeah, of course you can. Certain pronouns, like uh, Sam Smith, he wants to be called as they nowadays. Yeah. Me. Do you think any pronoun is acceptable, or do you think there are certain ones that actually make sense? Um, 
if someone wants to be referred to it in a certain way and it's harming nobody, I'd, I've got no problems with it at all. Yeah, but I mean, to, to, to sometimes they just don't make any sense in a in a sentence, for example. Go or on. In, well, if I called myself amorphous or globular, would, would, not, it doesn't really make any sense as opposed to as opposed to sir or madam or he or yeah. call myself amorphous Dan. It doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, I mean, but, we can have anything, can we? But if it's important to you, then that's groovy. What difference yeah. does it make? If you're well, comfortable it with it... It just, it, just makes it, it just makes it complicated within a, a conversation, doesn't it? Welcome to Amorphous Dan. Well, who did it make it complicated for? If it's a, for the person, the person who doesn't like to hear themselves referred to... I get it. I as, do get that. Do you know I, what I mean? I do get that. Yeah, of course I do. But we can all... It, you know, when you have a certain... Like a, you know, like a wearing a school uniform. There, there is a certain way of looking at things. But yeah. if you have sir, madam, he, she, whatever, mm. then if it's a, a, a thousand different ideas, it, it kind of makes things a little bit more complex, doesn't it? What's wrong with complex? Well, just in the, in the rules of life, doesn't it? But other people have been conforming to rules that, that don't, they don't feel fit I do them. get that. Honestly, I do get that. And I, I know that some people just appreciate a certain... You know, their own sort of uh, way of expressing themselves. I'm just thinking of just, does it make things more complicated? I get it. I get it's it. It's an idea. I'm just, just putting it out there. I mean, I don't care. You can call yourself what you like. I'm just wondering if it makes life more complicated. Call me Your Majesty. Your Majesty. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. You see, it works. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. We've got 20 minutes left. I've got time for you if you want to give me a ring. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. If you want to tweet me, it's at Talk Radio or at Flippin' Calf with no G. Or you can text 87222. Start your text with the word talk and that'll cost you 25p plus your standard network charge. There's your menu. Take your pick. Late Night with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Suddenly we've got loads of phone calls, so I better chop through them. Hello, Susan. Hello, Kath. I've got an excuse for you to use for your lazy, your, sorry, your slow-working builder. I mean, he might be the most unfortunate man in the world. No, yeah, but it, it's a bit too um, coincidental yeah, now. I'm sorry, you, you need this, because you've had him four weeks, have you? Four weeks. He's supposed oh, to be finishing tomorrow, but he was supposed to finish... On Friday, yeah, and then he was supposed to finish on Saturday, and then he was supposed to finish today. You know? No, no, don't keep putting up with this. You say, look, I've had a phone call. My sister's coming with her two-year-old child and her eight-week-old baby, and she needs a bathroom. <laughs> and you need to get this. You've had children, haven't you? And you'll say yes. So you know how important it is. We all need this bathroom to be done now because this baby's arriving, arriving at the end of next week or whenever you can you can put a date to that or maybe i hit him with an ill nan maybe i've got but, two ill nans that have had a fall and they're both coming to stay and they well, both need the bathroom the, the other excuse i was thinking of is you could invent um a granddad with prostate problems who needs the toilet very regularly through the night because that's what happens when you have a prostate problem you go to the you know you go to the loo a lot and uh, it's it's, it's, it's frequent visits to the loo. Excellent advice, Susan. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's all right, darling. Good night. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I mean, I'm full of it because I like, come up like I'm going to do all these things, but actually I'll just probably make him a cup of tea and hope he hurries up like I've been doing for the last week or last four weeks, let's be honest. Hello, Simon. 
Hi, Kath. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. Good. Just a quick call. You reminded me of a great song there, Hadaway I Miss You. Oh, yeah. It was beautiful. Also in my connection and probably taped off the radio originally as well. Um, a couple of the songs I want to put your way. Um, you probably know one of them at least. Um, Julia Fordham, Love Moves Mysterious Way. Oh, my God. What a tune. I went to see uh, Beverly Craven, Julia yeah, Fordham Judy. and Ju- yeah. Yeah, Judy Ch- uh, Chuke, is it? Yeah, that's right. How good was it? Oh, it was incredible. It was incredible. And you know, you know, Beverly Craven's um, been getting treatment for cancer and she was about to go into a next round of chemo and she sang this song about her daughter and I was in bits and she sort of, we didn't interview her just before so we kind of felt like we knew her a bit more. It was beautiful. And those women's voices. I know, Julia thought they are fantastic, all three of them. Yeah. Uh, the, other, the other song I was going to talk about, Tanita Tickerum, obviously, what was it, it was it? Twisted My Sobriety. Twisted My Sobriety and Good Tradition. The other song, really, the cathedral song, is excellent. Do you know that song? No, I don't think I do. Check it out. I will. I love all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that sort of Eddie Reader, obviously, that yeah. I played earlier on. Her. I, I dug a couple of um, albums out uh, the other day. Where were they? And there were women who were sort of singer songwriters. It never went massive yeah. for them. Oh, yeah, and a bit of Sarah McLachlan. Oh, my goodness, I, I get into that. And, uh, Harry Chapman. Oh, they, yeah, brilliant, 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 brilliant. Good era. Good shouts, thank you very much. No problem, a cathedral song. All right, I'll look it up, cathedral song. I must admit, I found Tanita Tickerum a little bit scary because she um, closed her eyes and kind of flick, flickered her eyelids when she was singing, but I know now that that was just concentration. Yeah, here's the thing, great. I had that on tape, and apart from Life, which had some very lazy rhyming in it, some of it was great. Definitely, there was a couple of slow ones. Which were really and also You Gotta Be was good, was great, it was a nice motivational one, it was, it yeah. was fab. Alright, thanks Simon. They're all going to appear on The Masked Singer, aren't they, next series? God, yeah. Well, I watched that, The Masked Singer, and at the start I thought, alright, so it started off with Patsy Palmer, I thought, okay, I get the level. And people yeah. were saying, oh, Khalees is in there, and um, CeeLo Green. Well, you heard us on the show talking about it, and I was like, as if, as if. Oh, it turns out they were. Incredible. Brilliant. You know, you've got people like Khalees and, and Skin from Skunk and Nancy. Yes. A lot of people think, who are these people? But these people are major stars. Yeah, they were. Major mus- musicians, and I think there will be a follow-up series, and it's, um, it's much better to see those sort of people rather than your standard reality TV show people yeah. back. Know what I, mean, so. I agree. I, I I found it quite entertaining that series. It, it was a daft yeah. idea, but sometimes daft ideas are good telly. I, I agree. Thanks, Simon. Nice to hear from you. Bye. Bye now. Bye bye. We're gonna have a quick word with Sloop. Sloop John B. Oh my God, Catherine! What's you th- dug something up from the past with Dubstar. Dubstar, I loved. 1995 all over again. I want to get the menswear album out and start playing that. That's in- right. So Dubstar had a rude front cover that was supposed to. Um, it was it was a pencil case, but it looked like a lady's area. That's right. I remember it well, man. <laughs> it, it, it was great, man. But listen, Kath, I actually called up. I was going to do a jokey call to you, which I could do later on in the week, right? Yeah. But you know, I've been listening to these podcasts about like production. Yes. Stuff like that, and how to do it. I basically want to have a bit of a dissertation by pitching you an idea, and maybe you saying if it'd be good or bad on air. All right, but do you know what? I'm, I'm not the final say. It's all taste and... I know, I know, but it kind of... 
with what happened over the weekend, it really brought something up about you and me. Do you remember the last call I think I had yeah. about the press? Yeah. And there's a thing that was said in the, in the podcast I listened to that there's no such thing as bad press. And I think well, that's, I disagree. I realised, yeah, I think, I think there is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, do you remember what I said to you about that, that moral decision you had to make? And it was, yeah. can, you live, can you live with I'm yourself? Bad. Well, this is the thing. I didn't send... It doesn't matter who the broadcaster was. It was huge. Yeah. I didn't send it, but I've found something else. It's only a hobby, just a bit of a laugh. Yeah. But I'm kind of glad at that, because I really thought after I thought that that poor, poor boy, suffered, his family have suffered so badly. Like, you know, you can't yeah. do that. And the thing is, but, but what I wanted to really ask you about was, you know when, say, if you were producing a show, right? Go on. And I was going to say, look, this person got caught, just for the sake of argument, not Caroline, like anyone, this guy got caught with cocaine three months ago. Yeah. Producing a show, he's going to get us ratings if we get him on. Do you think there's maybe something in that, there's something quite twisted with the media? Do you kind of see what I mean? Like, we feed off this kind of illness. Right. Well, that's assuming it is an illness. So being caught with cocaine, is he, was he dabbling? Is he, you know, because there's a lot of people that yeah. use cocaine and... Well, the other thing, I suppose what I was going to say is, you know, like when people sort of talk about, oh, the media is so intrusive. Yeah. Do you maybe think that maybe agents as well kind of, as much as that person would go, oh, my God, the media, they're so intrusive and, and it's bad. An agent would look at that and go, actually, no, that's good because I can like barter the price now to get you into a TV show. Well, I'm, do there, you know what I mean? There will, oh, there will be agents like that. But I, the agents I know wouldn't behave like that because it's not in their interest. So someone has a breakdown on air um, yeah. and you've known that they weren't well or they come off and they end up having a relapse or, you know, and you knew about it, that's not good business practice. You'll end up yeah. losing money in the long term, surely. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. Just sometimes, because I'd, I'd watched something once and a friend said to me, it was, it, it was I think, do you remember Sienna Miller? Yes. She was in those films and she was having a, oh, please don't photograph me, stop it. And my friend said, that's like a boxer who can't get in the ring and take a punch. They they want to be able to have that job, but not take the bad stuff that comes with it. Sienna, and I but going, Sienna Miller was an actor. Well, yeah, and I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that's right at all. But, but what I'm trying to say is that I think the whole thing may be with the British press and because you know in France they have completely different laws and things like that um, they do I think right. also I mean I, I haven't lived in France for a long time but when I was there the interest the, the interest wasn't there someone's having an affair much do I that am I paying for it then I don't care you know it's that yeah. you know um, but also with cases once sometimes once it's being reported on before it's actually the judge has passed a verdict. There's part of me that goes, we don't mm. need to know this yet. Maybe afterwards, yes, but that, that's I could be wrong. That's contempt wrong. of court. That's contempt of court. Once someone's right. been arrested and charged, that case is active, you can't talk about it anymore. You can report oh, on no. what's being said in court on the day it's being said, but any other thing is uh, you get in trouble because the case could get blow, blown out of the water because you can't yeah. get a fair trial if people are being spoken about in the press. Yeah, well, I'd be able to produce a 101 there, Catherine, so thank you. There you go, there you but go. Listen, Kath, is it all right for a call back? Uh, it's it's going to be a funny call, but I've got a couple of ideas I want to pitch to you. I'm going to give you my dissertation on air. Oh, and obviously on. we have to keep it under five minutes, so I've got it all done and everything like that. All right, well, yeah, keep it brief, because it could be brief, a little bit in. Entertaining. We have to be entertaining and everything like that, but uh, I think you might be impressed. I'll, I, I hope you would be impressed. All right, then.
Thanks very much, Sleep. Nice to speak to you. Until we meet again. Oh, thank you. Oh, dramatic. <laughs> Something he said there with his friend saying, you know, uh, Sienna Miller, for example, not wanting to have a picture taken is like a boxer what, not wanting to get in the ring. See, that's the way a lot of people think. If you work in telly, then you belong to everyone. If you um, expose even a tiny bit of your life to public scrutiny, you belong to the public. And that's kind of our problem, this idea of entitlement, and that suddenly someone is public property and you get to see him, you know, we get to see him go into the show. Who, who wants that? Who, who wants that? Who wants to go and find... When I um, lived in Spain, they had a real thing. And it may be, again, it may have been kind of just a mid-90s thing. In fact, no, it wasn't. It was early 90s. Maybe late... Maybe... Yeah, early... Mid-90s. Um, late 90s. Doesn't matter. Um, but they were obsessed with... They would have... They, I think they still have programmes where you'll see where such and such person's gone shopping. You see a woman going into a shop... I mean, people are talking for themselves now, okay? So people can talk through their Instagram accounts, they've got Twitter. It makes them more accessible, but it also gives them a chance, I suppose, to have a little bit of a barrier there. But this idea that you're entitled to know everything about somebody and that someone should be subjected to your opinions just because they are available on social media is something we need to have a little word with ourselves about. You know, I'll bring you back to my comments at the start of the programme. Make sure you can stand by what you're saying. Does that person need to know your opinion on their, what you think their life is or the standard of their work is in a field probably that you have no knowledge of, really? When actually, maybe you could just change the channel. Maybe if their thing is not for you, there is something that is for you and you could maybe tweet that person who's doing something that lights up your life and let them know that they're doing something you appreciate rather than slating someone, bringing them down because quote-unquote, they're a boxer who doesn't want to go in the ring. Do you know what I mean? All right, you know, let's go back to the first bit. You're responsible for your reaction to stuff. So, um... So, wield your weapon carefully, is what I would say. Hi. Hello, Darren Morris. I couldn't agree more with all of that. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't really say it any better, either. I, um... I think you're right, you're, you're right extends to... It was quite interesting, actually, the way that the, the guy... Uh, sorry, I don't know, I didn't know the call his name. Snoop John B. Snoop John B. Brackets, not his real name. Snoop John B. I wonder mean, if you're going to adopt a name, that's the one to adopt. <laughs> a nice long one. Um, Snoop John B uh, made the point, and it's, and it's not uncommon, uh, it's, it's, it's a relatively common train of thought among, uh, amongst people, is mm. that uh, Sienna Miller is... Sienna Miller not being able to take the criticism is a bit like a box not being able to, yeah. to take a punch. Apart from Sienna Miller's job isn't to be punched in the way that a boxer is yeah. you know sienna miller's job is to act yeah. and, and you're right in that situation in the same way that it in the same way really that it kind of is here right and in, in, in kind of what we do and in in what caroline flack did you, you your right is to turn off your right extends to turning the radio off yeah. your right extends to not watching sienna miller's films is your, that a weird thing of what makes you think that you why do you need to tell that person do you go in tesco and say your uniform's not on straight you're a terrible human being yeah um, I wonder if increasingly people do actually. I think I think there's a there's a, there's a oh no they'll go outside and tweet about it. Afterwards. Well, yeah, I suppose that's what. Take yeah. a picture of someone but, covertly. But, yeah, but the point the point that I made last night on the show as well was that was that um, you know our, our behaviour in how we deal with people in every walk of life 
uh, has to change, actually. We, yeah. we need to be kinder to the bus driver and we need to be nicer to the call centre worker. And, you know, it, it spills out into the real world. Yeah, do you know what? Well. It's that whole thing of... Um, we've talked about this before. Have you heard of the... Um, they call it the esprit d'escalier in French. It's no, that, I love that word. It's the, it's the spirit of the stairs. The moment when you leave a room having been given a zinger by someone else and you think of the perfect riposte. Yes. Right? So you think of it as you go down the stairs. Yes. The idea. The thing is, the times I've actually come out with that riposte at the moment it was necessary, I felt quite crap about myself afterwards because it's almost always a kind of defensive, aggressive manoeuvre that's not entirely under my control. Mm, yeah, you've been, your, your hand has been forced yeah. somewhat. You, you've, you've sort of had to play their game a bit. And once you've calmed down, you think, ah, do you know what? That's not me. That's not the thing. That's not the grenade yeah. I wanted to throw before I left that room. No, I get that. And actually, sometimes there's more. I'm, th I'm thinking about, uh, you know, encounters I've had with people online. Oh, literally today, actually, you know, where, I've, where oh, people I have. Oh, I saw some of the stuff you were yeah, getting. We've had some good ones today. Uh, you know, where people, people call, people call you horrible things. Uh, and there's a couple of, of sort of retorts that I've done that have been quite, you know, that I've been quite pleased with. It was quite witty. And, and yeah, it doesn't, doesn't have the sense of satisfaction mm. that you would imagine it's going to have no. to it. Actually, much more powerful is the silence, I think. Yeah. Much more powerful is just not. Or LOL. I quite like an LOL. LOL. Send. Oh, <laughs> LOL is brilliantly passive-aggressive, isn't it? <laughs> Beautiful. Isn't it's my it? favourite kind of aggression. Oh, sweet. <laughs> the sweet passive-aggression of LOL. <laughs> or just a like. Just a little, yeah, a like. Yes, a like. I, you know that infuriates them. Yes. <laughs> anyway, do you know what? The person who's doing it is normally doing it because nothing to do with you, really. They've got their own stuff going Well, on. that's right. I just I wish they'd have that thought before they press send. Yeah, and actually, I've kind of come to... I did this a couple of times, today, actually, and I've come... I've come to say, listen, now you, 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 you sound unbelievably unhappy, and I'm really sorry about that. And if yeah. you want, if you know, my DMs are open. If you want to talk, and I think that kind of oh, in a, my DMs are firmly locked. Oh, there, yeah, wise idea, <laughs> wise idea. Um, actually, do you know what's really interesting? Nobody ever DMs me anything, any abuse. Really? Nobody ever. No, because too, they want to be seen. Too one to one. It's too one to one. It's too, that's that's too close to being on the street. Speaking of one to one, you get Daryl Morris all to yourself now. Uh, from uh, now until God knows when. Oh God, no, I don't know. Good night. I'll see you tomorrow. Talk radio.